hit the fan. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Beavers, beavers, beavers. Hashtag Faith Radio. Let's go. Let's right. go. Play around with a bad football team. Bad things happen. Amen, brother. And he's Paul Allen. Sharks here for a moment. It comes to the point. Carlson across the line. His long shot. And they score. Dump a fighting pass to check. Right side. A backdoor pass. Johansson hit the outside of the goalpost after outweighting Jones. Fiala now scores! Kevin Fiala from in tight. Ripped it upstairs. And halfway through the third, we're tied at three. time Talbot has been able to keep the wild in it it is Carlson over the offensive line in the slot loading firing and he scores he lasted at high glove and the Sharks win the shootout 3-2 they take the game 4-3 stay up all night night noon radio underway on a talker Tuesday Paul Allen Master mixer of the on-the-fly Boomtown Rats montage is mad producer. Some call him Nordo. Anybody stay up all night for that L? Anybody stay up all night for that L? You did, you did, you did, you did. Okay. Up all night for the elongated shootout. Wild lose to the San Jose Sharks. You know what was super special? Ryan Donato had two assists, and he used to wear our colors. Aw. It's always great when that happens. It's always great when those you raise. I mean, we didn't find him. He, he's Boston-bound. and, and you know, yeah. But uh, but but uh, nevertheless. We traded for him and you, then shipped him out west. You trade for him. You trade for them. You raise them. They leave the nesta. And then they hang two assists on you. Copyright the Boomtown Rats trying to stay up all night following Ryan Donato. It's always very special when, like, poor Daryl Patterson used to wear our colors, <laughs> and then he gouges us for 104 on Monday Night Football. That's super sweet, man, because, you know, we copyright James Blunt. We know them well. We know their smell. Well, I mean, we raised Everson, and then we played against him. Right. Well, it doesn't always happen. Okay. R- right. Man, we got Eric Carlson last night. Yeah, and Eric Carlson is very, very good. And 
We didn't raise him. Beauty of it is, you're in Northern California. Don't get bit. Enjoy whatever scenery (laughs) the NHL permits you to enjoy. Come back at it on Wednesday. Get the two points there. Move on. Continue to be an upstanding hockey squad. Billy G's team did not cover. Help. Billy G's team did not cover. We fade the music and fire up 9 to noon on a uh, Talker Tuesday. What's going on? Uh, Timber Tech. Jesse. Uh, Jesse Singh. CEO Timber Tech. Thank you very much for the what's on deck each and every day, 9 to noon, uh, for well over a year now. Uh, because what's on deck is courtesy of Timber Tech and TimberTech.com. Excited to bring uh, Miss Courtney Cronin uh, into the mix today. Uh, she will be in the verbal yoke discussing NFL and Minnesota Vikings football. ESPN, ESPN.com, uh, Double C, joins us about uh, 10, 15 minutes from now. Jamie Erdahl, CBS Sports, sideline analyst, side court analyst, Took in Gonzaga Live uh, in the most recent game. Interviewed the coach, Mark Few, after the game. Has some nice Jalen Suggs opinions. Has some Paige. Uh, uh, Paige. Uh, Beckers. Beckers. Thank you. Paige Beckers uh, stories and or opinions to share. And uh, the Bloomington native joins 9 to noon, about an hour and 10 minutes from now. What a wonderful week it is for Twins fans. Thus, the Twins techie, Aaron Gleeman. Makes his uh, weekly stop into the glove, Kuvi. That'll take place at about 11 o'clock. But uh, we begin with some National Football League speculation that um, that was missed a little bit yesterday because we got busy with that college hockey stuff. The Over the weekend, might have been Friday, the San Francisco 49ers got the third overall pick from the Miami Dolphins. Now, we we are within a month of the National Football League draft, and as all football fans in search of diversions will know, it's a game changer, week of, life changer, day of, life changer, through the weekend, torment and teeth gnashing. <laughs> Niners get the third from the Dolphins. Fins go from 3 to 12. They move that 12-piece to Philly for the 6. And the Dolphins still have the 18 in round one. Yeah. I mean, the reference since they went to the Super Bowl or like the year the Vikings played the Niners in the postseason and getting caught up on what they're doing out Niner way with uh, with a three-headed running attack and a lot of motion and Kyle Juszczyk and Fred Warner and Richard Sherman and so on. They were manipulating things so beautifully, 9 to noon dubbed the coach next-level Shanny. Might, <clears throat> might need to consider a next-level type nickname for whatever's happening with these Miami Dolphins. I mean, Niners got the third, Finns moved to 12, and then they moved that 12-piece to Philly for the six. And they still have the 18. And it is just another quick reminder of how diseased things are in Houston. I mean, with the Houston Texans, seriously, the Dolphins owned that third when they peddled gas mask guy to the Texans and received a ridiculous haul. The Texan, the Texans, seriously. I mean, this time last week when I got back from that funeral, I was like, Con and I spent 12 minutes because I actually had long-form conversation with Lions fans. <laughs> and, you know, being at Ford Field, I don't know, 18 times, being 
in Michigan for a Vikings-Lions game. Never go in there by choice. Always go in there for work. You don't, you'll don't. you meet Lions fans, but you never have a long-form conversation with them. And then at the end of the equation, I was like, wow, man. I mean, it's like if you get beat on, on Daniel Sorensen or John Johnson and things don't work the way you want free agency-wise with the safety, you can always recognize the Motor City Kitties have not won a playoff game in 30 years. Well, the new age reference for that has to be, at least we're not the Houston Texans. The unfortunate Deshaun debacle, J.J. Watt left a year after DeAndre Hopkins was traded, and they hired a coach nobody's heard of. (laughs) Seriously, at least least people have heard of Mike Zimmer because they saw him on Showtime something yelling at his defense in Cincinnati. I think it was hard knocks. Hard knocks. Cool for the fans. Get some playmakers for Tua. Tua. Tua to you satisfied. Whatever it Tua. Tua. Tua to you satisfied. Next level Shanny. What's up with the Niners? They moved to the three for quarterback. That's an absolute, right? I mean, you ain't got to be Peter King, Cal Miper, or Mod Dick Shea to recognize Niners went to that three spot for a quarterback. So boom, boom, boom. I mean, just the last thing on the Houston Texans, though. Yeah. If you remember back to the draft, it's the it's the football version of the macabre and Good Morning. Yeah, the Houston Texans you and what didn't they say Good Morning. Good Morning. Thank they you. they gave what they gave up for Laramie Tunsil. But if you're the Dolphins right now, mm-hmm. 2016 draft night, stock is falling. Uh, biblical proportions of weeping and gnashing of teeth ah. are happening because yeah. the gas mask video was it in a strange mm. like stepfather. What the hell is going on with this video? You were there with us. Yeah, it was producing amazing. Producing the show, and we looked over shoulders going, what happened? What, what's that guy got on his face? Holy cow. Yeah, and so... Main man looks like a human version of an anteater. So we think... <laughs> He's trying to get his aardvark on. We, we, very European of him. Thank you. Uh, we're thinking, this guy is just a mess. <laughs> Dolphins pick him at 13 or whatever the hell they did. Yeah. They have gotten... The sixth overall pick. They now have a second round pick. Yeah. They have a third rounder from the Niners next year. Next level Finney. And 2023, a first round pick. Not only, not only that, uh, they did also get. 2023 first round also? They also got three productive seasons out of Tunsil. That has also then led them to a corner. It's led them to other draft picks. And I mean, My the God. Dolphins have turned a particular diamond in the rough yeah. into an absolute gold mine. Next level Finney, whoever you are. Yeah, it's you. Chris Greer. Chris Greer, you Finn, you next-level Finney, you mess this up, they won't even hire you in the XFL. I ain't kidding you. (laughs) Next-level Shanny, though. All right, Lawrence Wilson Fields. Lawrence Wilson Fields. I got to be right, right? What about Mac Jones? Oh, my gosh. Wait a second. Wait a second, you teeth-gnashing fraud. I thought you thought Mac Jones was going to go to the Pats. I thought he might, and I think he should. But the key is here. I love I love pro day speculation. By the way, yes, uh, Mr. Lynch, Mr. Shanahan, mm-hmm. Ohio State pro day, Ooh. Alabama pro day. Wow. How about that? Well, that's how about that? Well, that right. That's deception. Okay. That's seven heads and ten horns. So it's fields for sure? Well, 100%. <laughs> well, Mac Jones, no, seriously, Mac Jones can't bootleg, okay? And Matt, Mac Jones can't bootleg at this stage of his career. 
And if the Philip Rivers comps are accurate, next level Shanny ain't taking a guy who can't move. That's true. It's Fields or Lance. It's, I mean, give me a $100 trifecta straight right now. Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, and they're drafting. Yeah, I think you, you may be, be on to something. That was kind of the conversation when they wanted him, mm-hmm. that there were comparisons between Mac Jones and Jimmy G himself. Mm-hmm. Similar body types, throwing style, all of those things. Yeah. And for me, I didn't necessarily look at that as a bad thing if you're saying there were things that we loved about Jimmy G. He just hasn't evolved in those areas. Yeah. And if Mac Jones, the kid, can throw to the boundaries, that there is more accuracy on the deep ball, and he's not just stuck tunnel vision right mm-hmm. down the middle of the field, which has caused a lot of problems for him. Yeah. And if Mac Jones can just stay healthy. That's like 80% of it for Jimmy G. Just stay on the freaking field. Yeah, it's about 80%. And so with, with Mac Jones, I, I don't see that as an, as an awful choice if, if they do covet him in, in the way that uh, some are steamy on. But uh, Fields is certainly more prototypical of what Shanny wants to do. I have Mac Jones steam. Shall I share? Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, when he chatted with Next Level Shanny and John Lynch, and they were talking about Jimmy G, and he's like, we ain't trying to hate on Jimmy G here, but like, You've watched him play, Mac. What are some things that you do that he's incapable of doing? And what he said was, <laughs> I wouldn't miss Emmanuel Sanders. Let's go. Let's go, everybody. Let's go. Good morning. Now, in closing, this truly this, in, in my opinion, isn't as much about Jimmy G as it is the perception of the quarterbacks in the draft. Five of them. Lawrence, BYU guy, Fields, Lance, and Mac Jones. They're, now that we get closer to the draft, you 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 read between the lines with some things Urban Meyer is saying, Jacksonville Jaguars coach, some things that you read is this is a nice quarterback draft, and this could be a four or five quarterback draft where, you know, you just got a good one for a long time, which means there will be one or two deep draft if you can find them. You might have a good one for a long time. So when this happened, I mean, I didn't think – I didn't think necessarily was that as much. It's about Jimmy G, but it ain't like 100%. I think it's next level identifying these quarterbacks saying I have to get one. They, they, you know, they, Nordo brings up a good point about Mac Jones because I love him. And if the Vikings took him at 14, if he were available or if they traded up to get him, I wouldn't be mad, believe it or not. It, with the Cousins contract situation and stuff like that and the tic tac toe and dart throwing that we seem to play with quarterback uh, uh, every so often. But um, maybe they maybe they love Mac Jones so much they'll take him in the wait. You know, it's maybe like Jimmy G will be the guy because they owe him, or they can cut him, and they take Mac Jones and they wait, or they take Fields and they they wait a little bit for him. But I mean, it's a splashy trade, man. It's just really really cool what the Dolphins have done turning all of that gas mask guy equity into what they've got now. We'll see. Specifically at a time, they did this before Brady left their division. (laughs) So next level, Finney has some prescient and gaze casting to him. Yeah. We'll see which way it works because the bill's going to be tough to beat too. Excited to uh, do a Covenant catch-up with uh, Courtney Cronin, Vikings beat writer, ESPN.com. That's around the corner on a 9 to Noon Talker Tuesday, produced by Eric Nordquista. And I am Paul Alina from the 651 Carpet Studio. Good morning. Let's make it a good one today, okay? Good morning, Faith Family. Back shortly. 9 to Noon.
Personal foul. E-A. Use is directed. You're listening to The Fan. Favorites has joined us 9 to noon at 9.23 KFAN. It's ESPN's Courtney Cronin, covers the Minnesota Vikings. Twitter is at Courtney R. Cronin. Uh, Ms. Cronin's doing some good radio work with ESPN National. Uh, Good morning, Ms. Cronin. And um, what do you like about long-form radio? Good morning. Um, I like being able to delve into other topics like yeah. this past weekend for example because i've been doing a ton of weekend radio mm-hmm. where you know we've got the tournament going on there's ufc 260 mm. there's baseball starting ufc do you have you become an elite ufc mind no not quite but i'm go back to i'm the, learning you're gonna go back to the wwe and <laughs> reference gorilla monsoon I'm learning. I'm learning all about Stipe Miocic and mm-hmm. uh, Francis Ngannou, who's mm-hmm. the new heavyweight champion of the world and mm-hmm. the star that UFC is going to start branding. Is maybe maybe if they uh, actually get onto it the way they could have done with others. But um, I, I just like the opportunity when you're doing a four-hour show that you don't have to hit everything or feel like you have to hit everything in one segment. Yep. I've got great producers. Stuff was allowed to bleed over. We're like, oh, we'll come back to it in this hour. We've got this guest. We'll move him around, him or her around, whatever it is. And it's been great. I I love uh, the late night show, too, because it's right when stuff's going on and things are ending. Like the other night when Alabama beat Oral Roberts, we yep. had Devontae Davis, that freshman, on. Wow. Unbelievable interview. Probably one of the best live interviews i've ever done really? on air he's 19 years old and usually like when you get a 19 year old a freshman who's doing probably their first interview the guy's averaging eight points a game so it's not like he's like the star of the team um but he was so funny and so personable and we were talking about because he had that awkward shot he shot it with his left hand mm-hmm. and i asked him i was like are you left-handed or is that how you is that your guiding hand or did you have to adjust your body and he went down and broke down all the mechanics of how he saw the Oral Roberts defender, I don't know if it was O'Banner or who it was, but he oh. had like his hand up. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to get over if I mm-hmm. shot with my right. And that was just good live radio. So you and wa- I think I've really like found a passion for it. So you're watching all these college basketball games, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, last night with Houston, yeah, 
your guy at the end, yeah. the skinny guy who plays really good defense, reminds me of Jared Vanderbilt for the uh, Timberwolves. Okay. Just hit that thing at the end of the shot clock that they were like, no, it's no good. You Just the, the off-balance, of very late in the game. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. And then I watched the uh, the Arkansas-Baylor game, and that Baylor team is good. I know. I didn't even think I realized how good they are. It, it into the end, I'm not, uh, I and we are not elite NCAA tournament minds, so therefore we'll play catch-up. We sure. Up, uh, I just don't watch a lot of college basketball or college sports. And, you know, after reading a bunch of stuff and, and like, what I like to do, and I, and I, I think you'll appreciate and respect this, the kind of the non-obvious handicapping, excuse I mean, excuse me, I mean researching approach to these to these basketball games is you know you got like ESPN, you got CBS, you got all of the prominent bits, but if you keep going deeper, then you get like Athlon, Yard Barker, <laughs> the, 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 these deep, deeply rooted bits. So I'll read those, but it's very important when handicapping. I mean researching. I like to go to the beat writer's Twitter. Sure. And and I like to just like go ahead and, and creep. I mean, read through the entire thing like during games because things will pop up when you're handicapping. I mean, researching. And, you know, for instance, it'll be like, uh, you know, two games ago when Alabama gets in trouble, man, their offense just really stalls and certain teams do this well against them. And you can kind of put it all into the, the, the jambalaya mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, before you walk up to the window, excuse me, before you, uh, before you hit this microphone. And, you know, because the beat writers are just, they're, they're so on top of the, the nuance oh, sure. of these teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Alabama, man, I saw it. I saw it in, uh, excuse me, with Houston, the, the, the thing that, fo- that, um, uh, with Houston, the thing that almost foiled them last evening, it was like, if you go back and read some beat writer stuff, it was all happening right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Then you put the pedal to the metal and stuff, and, you know, the talent just comes out. And with Baylor, I mean, I didn't find anything bad or Gonzaga. It's like, I'm, I'm like reading for 20 minutes going, holy cow. 27 Yankees, 85 Bears. What do we got here? I know, right? So it felt it felt like the the high seed, specifically those two, would just march and march and march. And I don't know how much you've watched of Gonzaga. They're just killing teams. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's, there was their 26th double digit win Whoa. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's wild. And and you know to kill teams in the NCAA tournament game after game after game. Curious to see how these Pac-12 teams mm-hmm. perform tonight. Pac-12, generally, for me, is kind of a pass, kind of a draw a line through it. But, you know, Oregon State, down nearly 20, comes charging. UCLA had to beat Michigan State to get in. USC, as a guy who's unbelievably good, couldn't pick out of a two-person lineup standing next to Mason Cole five days ago. And the only reason I know what he looks like is because of your Twitter. So that part's fascinating to me. It's it's the the one shiny moment we know, the Cinderella and, and everything but it just means so much to these kids, man. And the games are just so good. I'm glad you get to talk about them. And um, Courtney also, uh, when she's writing about football, as she does frequently, there's a story right now at ESPN.com uh, with the uh, Minnesota Vikings going all in on their secondary. Uh, secondary. You posted that this morning or last night? Yeah, it only took me like three tries this morning what because happened? I was tired. Like I, I had sleep in my eye for the first one. I'm going to go on the excuse train here. All right. So first, first tweet is like completely incoherent. It's not even in English. I looked at it after I posted. I'm like, ah, damn it! Like this, I'm gonna get crucified for this. Maybe we should have taped this today at 2 p.m. and I could have played it back tomorrow. I went on a nine mile walk run yesterday at like nighttime. So like it took me like till 2 a.m. to fall asleep. Nordo, 
When's the last time you pondered a nine-mile walk-run? <laughs> I haven't felt my ribs in 30 years. <laughs> anyway. So I was tired, and I didn't get to sleep till like 2 a.m. because I did this at nighttime. Wow. This is my fault. Yeah, it took me like three tries to send a tweet, so whoever was correcting me this morning, yeah. you win. Thank you. Can't wait to get into that probably next segment, but first, just talked about um, the Niners and the Dolphins, and mm-hmm. you know that deal that was made Friday or whatever, wanted to get into it yesterday, but with Mac and with Xavier Woods, and <clears throat> just, just some things that it, actually, when you and I were texting, setting this up, you know, we were texting about that safety, and 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 you know the perception I had of some things that were developing here. Then all of a sudden, ah, the Woods thing happened. I want to get into that momentarily. The Niners and the Dolphins. I mean, making massive moves the way the Niners and Rams do somewhat consistently, and with the Rams, it's become somewhat obsessively. What do you think of that approach when teams when teams work like that? I think it is a non antiquated way to build your team that not everything has to come through the draft, that it's the 2021 way of, you know, if you want to upgrade your roster, you have to make very aggressive moves like that where you're giving up a lot of draft capital in the process, but you're not so desperately squeezing onto those first-round picks saying, I can't let these go, and realizing that if you make this upgrade now, if you get the quarterback, which they are going to do. I mean, I, I firmly believe them when they say Garoppolo is their guy. Whoever, you know, he's in their yeah. plans for this year. He's not going to New England this year. I right. really do believe that, at least not until maybe the trade deadline. With but, you. But, you know, they, ha- they, they made that move to go find their guy, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's Trey Lance. I don't know if it's Zach Wilson. I don't know who Kyle Sh- Shanahan wants, but at least with the first two are the ones that make the most sense. They were so aggressive in doing that, which shows you how easy it is to do in a way because if you have the capital if you have a team that's willing to dance with you pull the trigger and do it because you just can't get to that level where you are an instant competitor and effectively upgrading a position with a rookie deal at quarterback for four years and potentially that fifth year option yeah that's a smart play but it's just i i think some gms are not as aggressive in wanting to go that approach wanting to you know, build through the draft and, you know, rely on, you know, development within your rookie from your rookies to their fourth season to see where they're at. That's that's just a different approach. I mean, but you know, kudos to Miami. They flipped that Laramie Tunzel trade and that pick twice. Mm-hmm. And now they've got five first rounders over the next three years. Mm. A that doesn't technically take them out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. We've talked about this all weekend, even yeah. though he's radioactive right now oh. for very good reason but it gets worse every day it, yeah it's pretty it's pretty disparaging and just pretty awful um but just in terms of the football side yeah. if, if a trade were to happen Miami's the only team really in my opinion left that could do it the destination you would pe- potentially go to but you also have if if Tua is really your guy which i think he is because Steven Ross like was very involved in that and if they were to bring in Deshaun Watson amid all this stuff, the owner would have to be the one who takes the fall and take the heat for that. So that's why I think two is their guy. Think about how much they're going to be able to put around him. Yeah. Like, you know, at, at six, you're in a really good spot. I mean, the Eagles made and out pretty 18. good, too. Yeah, absolutely. You've got two first-round picks. It's a lot. We we were discussing the deal, Nordo and I, a little bit before you walked in. And, you know, we, we both are relatively infatuated with Alabama quarterback Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. And I would not be negative if he were available if the Vikings took Mac Jones at 14 or even traded up a few spots to get him. People would be like, what about that offensive tackle? What about that pass rusher you still need? 
you know, all these good corners and everything. I'm like, cool, I get it. But if I believe seeing the forest for the trees is getting something like that, so now you don't have to sweat this freaking cousins thing with all that money every single year sure. and what it does to the totality of the roster. And I like Kirk, and I think you can win at a high level with Kirk. But to have that asset, you know, behind him, um, and and be able to wait for it, I, I think would be an absolute benefit. I don't think it's going to happen. But with Mac Jones, so now Lawrence, BYU guy, and next level Shanny in that three mm-hmm. spot, Mac Jones can't bootleg. So yeah, that's the only problem, right? You know, that's what when people are projecting him to the 49ers, I'm like, why? Ain't happening. Shanahan loves the boots. That's why he loves Kirk. Right. So, I mean, unless he is a true throwback Mm -hmm. pocket passer, but he's not very mobile. And I don't know what, I mean, maybe Kyle Shanahan, obviously he's a genius. He clearly sees something if that indeed is his guy that he can work with. But the the non-bootlegging part of it, because I mean, I saw in the national, in um, college football playoffs and all that, like, just wasn't wasn't there, and that's like the biggest flaw, at least I can see, yeah. notably in his game. Well, I mean, for for what it's worth, not being a big time college football guy, just from what I know and what I've seen and what I've read, I like Mac Jones every bit as much as Justin mm-hmm. Fields. So if they take him and he goes next level, Shanny on it, I wouldn't be surprised. But to fit what they have now, and and that's that's even assuming Fields would hit the field next year. Yeah. That it just looks like quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. See, then after that, don't you think teams are going to start panicking about the next two? And then there will be There'll some, be a gap. See what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that gap is probably Davis Mills being the next one, the kid out of Stanford. And the problem with him is that the fourth? No, he'd be the fifth. I'm oh. talking about I think there's four going straight off yeah. the board within the top four picks potentially. Yes. So but then it's like, who is that next guy? Is yeah. he even in the first round? Because there's such a gap between, let's go, Trevor Lawrence, and then let's say Zach Wilson's number two, because he had a great pro day, and so why not just throw in that? It's going to be great. Um, Then it'd be Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Who else am I missing? Mac Jones, Jones, fifth. Mm -hmm. So there's a gap then, excuse me, there's a gap between five and then we're six, the sixth quarterback taken off the board, which could be that Davis Mills or potentially Kellen Mund. more of the project types, the types you'd have to mm-hmm. have as an understudy uh, going forward to the 2021 season. But then again, this is probably, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, I think you'd be looking at whoever six and seven are because you, you, you should. This is the year to get the Kirk Cousins succession plan is whether you, whether Kirk has an unbelievable season this year and you want to extend him, lower the cap hit for 2022 because it's enormous, whatever. You need to start addressing it now and addressing it before the sixth round. And I think that there's options. You don't have a second-round pick right now, but there's time to get one. And we know that this general manager is quite good on draft day of, of moving around. So. Football and uh, Vikings conversation with Miss Courtney Cronin at Courtney R. Cronin via Twitter. Covers the Vikings uh, for ESPN.com and uh, chats football and more for uh, ESPN Radio. And once uh, once again, uh, there's a story posted on her Twitter today. It's also at ESPN.com about uh, the Minnesota Vikings going all in on the secondary via free agency. We're going to hit on that and some Vikings conversation with CC when 9 to noon. And the fan. Yeah, but I keep forgetting when I'm to you. 
nickel defense for the Minnesota Vikings game one. Would you bet Peterson and Dantzler outside, Gladney inside? That's my option. Would you bet that? Yeah, would you bet that? If that's one of the sure, options. absolutely. Okay, sure. I'd make that option mm-hmm. favored. So you would you bet that or would you, because why I bring it up is, you know, or or would you the bet, alternative would be Mac at right, nickel. Right. Would would you bet yes or no on this and why? Mackenzie Alexander makes the team. Makes the team. Would you bet a yes? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now you got those four. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh Dylan Maben and Boyd and, and Harrison Hand and just all those those prom, those uh prominent names. So now with Peterson, so getting to the Mackenzie Alexander situation. You know, that that's when we were setting this up because that happened and I'm like, man, I haven't seen A, haven't seen C in quite some time, and B, you got stuff percolating. And then Xavier Woods gets signed. Yeah. Okay, because I kinda had in my back pocket that, you know, if you believe they went for one or two safeties and got beat because they didn't have enough money, or one of them decided to go back to a certain AFC team that's about guaranteed to be good every year. Mm-hmm. If you're of the belief in that, then I'm of the belief that they were not super bullish on Xavier Woods. Okay, and it's not like he can't play, but it, it's he's one and two and a half million. You know, it's one and, and 2.5, right, for the deal? Yeah, 2.25. Okay, so those come and go, ah, like that. He's uh, 25. Excuse me? He's 25 years old. Like, this is his chance now. He's yeah. Six-round pick to mm-hmm. three-year starter, and yeah, last year was tough. But they're playing him up in the box so much. That's mm-hmm. not that's not what he does, right? Okay, and and the nuance with with Woods can can be discussed another time. If sure. You want. I mean, I know some, but I mean, I don't know a lot. It's I, you know, I had somebody say to me that he doesn't make any plays. He just doesn't make plays. He's just like there, but that's okay. I mean, you you've. You search YouTube and you see a couple of nice Daniel Jones picks and all of a sudden he's the next John Lynch. But anyway, it's what I'm getting at here is with this virtual offseason and the fact that it got really steamy, the potential of it over the weekend, and then yesterday it got hotter. It's with, with, with that signing of Woods, you know, the knowing a virtual offseason probably will happen, mm-hmm. I think for maybe the Vikings or other teams, that diminished their desire to fill a position with a rookie. Yeah. Specifically off what they saw last year from those kids in the secondary. So do you like the Wood signing? How do you think Mac fits into the whole mix and the virtual offseason? Do you think it'll play into deals that are made and stuff like that? I do. That? Do you remember last year it was... I think after like week 11 or 12 when they, they won a game. And I remember Zim was talking about with the young corners that we need to get him from kindergarten to the master's program, essentially expediting the process because, mm-hmm. you know, they talk, they talk glowingly of the young cornerbacks early in training camp and that, you know, they were so great during OTAs, taking a lot of notes, trying to pick up on it. That's incredibly difficult to do when you can't see, touch, mold these people, these college prospects into first-year NFL players. Like, they found out the hard way mm-hmm. last year how difficult it was to rely on a rookie cor- rookie corners. I mean, I think Jeff Gladney made a lot of strides last year at nickel. I really do. And, I mean, because at TCU, he used to follow people in the slot all the time, but he also played both outside spots. Yeah. Which I think when you bring Mackenzie Alexander in here, somebody who... 
you and I both know, and I mean, he'll he'll be the first to admit he fought that. He didn't want to be in nickel corner. He right. wanted to be a press corner playing on the outside. Bam. Um, that's what he was good at at Clemson. And that's where the money is. Yes, and he fought that. It took Terrence Newman kind of giving him a kick in the butt to be like, no, this is where you need to play. This You can be really good at this. And by 2018, the, the training camp that year, that's when he started to turn the corner. 2018, 2019 were very good seasons for him where he was developing into one of the better nickels in the league. I think if you're Mike Zimmer and you're looking at you know, what you didn't have last year was that veteran presence among your cornerback group. Mike Hughes was the most experienced cornerback with like 20, 20 starts, I think, at the start of the 2020 season. Yeah. So you're looking at that realizing, man, it's a really hard position to play in my defense, what I'm asking my guys to do. Boom. Patrick Peterson is presented to you on a silver platter. I mean, you heard what Rick said, that they were, you know, reached out to. They didn't go pursuing him. His agent reached out to the Vikings, but hey, you interested? They signed that deal. Then when Mackenzie Alexander, the market for him was pretty, you know, dried up elsewhere. Mm-hmm. This was a dream come true for him to come back and have a chance to play in a scheme that he was very familiar with. And I think, you know, we'll see how much he's matured over the last year of being away and doing something differently and then getting to come back and see kind of where those strides have been made. The phrase that he kept mentioning yesterday in his availability was big picture that he doesn't care where he plays, whether it's, you know, outside, inside, wherever. Like, I mean, I think that nickel is probably his best fit, and I think that gives you the most flexibility to be able to move Gladney around your first-round pick to see where you want to try him. Because, I mean, he really he gave up seven touchdowns last year. I think he had, like, one of the highest passer ratings allowed, <sighs> like 124.7, something like that. I mean, but he was, I mean, come on. that You're thrown into the fire, and you're basically, like, directing traffic it is one of the most difficult positions to play for a vi- for a reason, and you're relying on a rookie to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the writing was on the wall all season long that that was not going to be an experiment that went well. So I think having a veteran who's done it, who beat out, I think it's, um, who was it, Darquez Denard, mm-hmm. the guy with the Bengals. He, McKenzie had 10 of 13 starts at nickel last year in Cincinnati. He can do it. Yeah. And Zim knows him, too. Like That's the thing. There's the institutional knowledge that... I know this player. I made this player. I developed this player. I'm bringing him in here. Maybe, maybe there will be a competition at that position. But you know, the one thing that we're just not talking about is this is a, this is this is a bare bones unit last year. They finally have options. They finally have flexibility. It can, yeah. be, it can actually be a fluid situation and not just that being lip service. Nordo, can you remind? I thought a year ago he was offered the same amount of money as yeah, the Bengals, similar. and yet he chose to leave. And yeah. I'm just. I mean, it, it, ultimately, he's going to have an opportunity to come in and make plays. So, welcome back. And he says he misses him, and it's the cutest ever. But it, it felt like he left under weird pretenses. Like, there was negativity there, either he, because he didn't play in the New Orleans game. And I, I just was, I'm surprised that he was even an option this time around. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, there was definitely some stuff that was a little cloudy about why he left in free agency. Because, I mean, they couldn't afford Wayne, so Wayne's walks. We knew that was going to happen. But yeah. when they had tried to get Mac to stay, and then he goes and signs that deal, I think that's just, you know, it's a part. This is a growing up process. I asked him about these one-year contracts he's signing. I'm like, you know, because we were getting some pretty short answers yesterday. I'm like, I'm just going to go in with this. I'm like, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a prove-it deal for yourself. Yep. Like, do you view it like that? And signing these one-year deals with your with your uh, free agency that you've hit the last two years, and that this is your chance to like set yourself up to get a nice, lucrative contract at 28 years old. 
which could be your last free agent deal, just given you'll be, you know, if you signed like a three-year contract somewhere, you'd be 30 by the time it's up. And I mean, who knows beyond that? And I think he definitely views it where, you now maybe you bid off, people talk about grass, grass isn't always greener. I hate that phrase because I think it's such a cliche, but I think there is some truth to that. Which phrase do you hate more? The grass is always greener on the other side, or it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It's I mean, the worst. Those are, those are both pretty bad. Those or are like nails on a chalkboard. you're in an me. elevator on a Monday, and how was your weekend? It was great, but never long enough. I don't think anybody's ever said that to me. <laughs> I got it like last week. It's like, how was your weekend? Great. How was yours? Great. <laughs> never long enough. Yeah, all right, cool. Here's the fifth floor. Got to go. <laughs> um, but but were, you, were you finished with what you're saying? Yeah, no, okay. I mean, I think that it's, with him coming back here, he wanted to be back here, mm-hmm. which goes to show me... The when ma- that phone ain't ringing, then yeah, yeah. he wanted to be back mm-hmm. here. The, the maturing process. I mean, look what he took. He took a veteran minimum deal. That's, that's $990,000 with a very small signing bonus. A signing bonus is the only thing that's guaranteed in that. Yum. That's humble pie right there. Mm-hmm. So the way that I look at it is that... If you want to be back here, if you want to have your chance to, you know, continue your career, be in a place where you're comfortable, mm-hmm. that some of the stuff that went happened the first time around can't fly this time around. And I think, I mean, you're 27 years old. You've learned. I mean, I remember I, one of the best conversations I had with McKenzie was in training camp 2018 because he's not somebody who wants to do a ton of interviews. A lot of times he actually bucks at the notion at it. Yep. But when you get him one-on-one, he can be incredible. Just depends when he wants to talk. And yep. it was... Early in training camp that year, and we were talking about Terrence, and we were talking right after uh, kind of the everything was pointing towards Terrence is either going to get cut or, you know, we didn't know he's going to be a coach immediately, but mm-hmm. that thing. Um, and I just kind of remember looking at that situation being like, did the light bulb it finally went on? It finally clicked for him because he bucked the notion of wanting to be a nickel for so long. And even like he and Zim would go at it. Hmm. And we, you'd hear about like just, you know, even in, you know, what Mike would say publicly to us about McKenzie and the growth and just like he needs to buy into this. He needs to, to, to commit to this because this is this is where he can flourish. And, you know, I think he finally got that. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time away and then you come back and you realize like that maybe you were in the best situation all along. But, you know, you can't you can't do anything about the past. I mean, he's here and he's here on a reduced deal. See, see, in closing here on this, what, what I was getting at, you know, when we were setting this up is if you believe that they have pursued safeties and gotten beat on mm-hmm. safety or safeties, then and with the money they have or ha- or do, do not have to spend and then then they move on Mac at that vet's minimum. I'm like, are they going to raise a safety from inside here <laughs> yeah. and we don't see it coming? And who would it be? It ain't going to be Peterson, at least for now. No. It ain't going to be Dantzler. It, it, in my belief, it was not 100%. It would not be Gladney after they, after they made a move for Mac. I didn't, I, I don't know who it would be, but they obviously know more about the tendencies and sure. the body fits and the turns and everything than us. But I began to think like, hey, and I was excited for Monday with Nordo, then Tuesday with you to talk about what, are, what are they doing here? Mm-hmm. I mean, are they going to like, I don't know who it would be. Shiny cleats guy on Christmas Day, Tankersley. Uh, what well, if they're going to bring somebody? <laughs> Who was back. it? Josh Metellus? Isn't he the only other safety on the roster that actually played in? He has sixteen snaps. Yeah, that's yeah. not you can't. Yeah, a, no, well, they, um, got, they got Miles Dorn and Luther Kirk yeah. just waiting in the wings. I'm not convinced Luther Kirk's a real person. Well, I'm just going to say I've never that. Seen I've never seen him. him. He sounds like a, <laughs> he sounds like a Star Trek character or, or, or some evil character in uh, what's the name again? 
Luther, Luther Kirk. Kirk. Right. Dylan Maven's still in the mix, right? I've I've seen him before. Okay. I know what he looks well, like. I've seen he all exists. these names. I didn't see the Luther Kirk piece, but I was like, they got something up their sleeve here. Yeah, I mean, I think that And then the, they made that Xavier Woods move, and I'm like, ah. Every, everything pointed towards, you know, they miss out on Kareem Jackson last week. I mean, they were, you know, they wanted him, obviously, George Payton in, in Denver oh. for a lot of reasons. Like, that's the reason you want oh. to go back there. Payton beats Spielman? Round, wow. round one, right? If the Vikings wanted John Johnson, then we got beat by Stefanski. This is great. We had home advantage, I think, with Kareem staying there. So Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I felt like at Tuesday of last week, it kind of felt inevitable that the safety would be the next big free agent signing that they did. Mackenzie mm-hmm. um, goes first on Friday night. But all of the pieces pointed towards, like, they don't ever address the safety position in the draft before, like, the sixth round. They just don't do it. Yep. So are you going to go spend, I don't know, like, wh- yeah, they could have had Antoine Winfield Jr. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. put that out there. Like, yeah. yeah, they could have had him last year. Yeah. didn't happen. Well, we Whatever. could have had Tom Brady, too. That's sure. Cool. Um, do you go and use that first-round pick on a safety, yeah. or can you go find somebody that had a down year in 2020 for his standards after he had a pretty good 2018-2019 as a starter in, in Dallas' secondary? But Dallas's defense was just not good, period, last year. It wasn't yeah. all Xavier Woods' fault Correct. by any stretch. Correct. Like Blame Mike Nolan. Like So that's why I think it was a smart move for them to go find somebody in free agency. Just pencil in a starter next to Harrison Smith. Like, and obviously playing next to Harrison Smith can, can do wonders for your career. Go ask Anthony Harris. Courtney Cronin. CC. Uh, around the corner in her final segment. How high will they draft a safety? Is it offensive tackle at 14? And do, uh, do you think they still are a legit pass rusher short? Jamie Erdahl, CBS Sports, on some college basketball and uh, Minnesota basketball products about uh, 15 minutes from now. Happy to chat with Ms. Erdahl at 1020. Likewise for ESPN's Courtney Cronin, covers the Minnesota Vikings for ESPN.com. And her Twitter is at Courtney R. Cronin. Um, how high you think they draft a safety? I mean, there's a lot of other needs before that. And since we've talked about, I mean, you pencil in Xavier Woods next to or opposite yep. Harrison Smith at free safety that I think now you can probably wait till day three to address it. Mm-hmm. They've got so many other needs before then that you have to go after. And I mean, 14 is going to be really interesting. Do they stay? Do they move back? Yeah. Do they do the very rare thing that they've never done before in trading up in the first round? Right. I don't know. Offensive tackle at 14, your thoughts? I think it's a great play. Or I think fourteen ish. Fourteen ish, meaning yeah. maybe move up to yeah, like right nine or there. ten. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's. If I was pulling the trigger on these moves, that's what I would do. Now, now, if you want a quarterback, do you believe you have to get in front of Peyton and Shermer? Do you believe you have to get in front of Denver? If you if want you want one in the first round, yes, probably. Yeah, because I think, like I said, I think honestly, you could see four go off in the top five, mm-hmm. and then the fifth, let's say it's Mac Jones, could be gone by ten. I mean, Do, you look at the Panthers at eight. What if they go for it? I think I think the Panthers could very easily trade up, hundred percent. Now, do you with a, a right to change the opinion? Sure. A month in front of the draft, month and small change. Do you have a preferred offensive tackle? I think that I mean, if you know, Penny Sewell's the the cream of the crop, right? Him, Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Um, 
I think either one of those would be if you had your pick mm-hmm. at 14 or above that either one of those would be who you go after because here's my thing it's like address the position stick the guy out there let him be Anthony Costanzo play 10 years oh. and you literally like don't talk about him once and you're like oh you're going to retire thank you so much for your service Terrific. Like, do that that's an awesome comp if you can get that <laughs> yeah because it's like when I had Spielman on the radio show it was either before I got bit or after it was right around there you know, when when we were, no, it was after, because he had been at the Northwestern Pro Day, mm-hmm. and he was raving about Rashawn, Rashawn Slater. Slater. Yeah. You know, and then I'm asking him, this tackle or any, do you see somebody around there who will remind you of Tristan Wirfs? Mm-hmm. You know, because Wirfs went around there. I mean, Main Man had like two penalties the entire year. He was for great. A Super Bowl winning team with the greatest quarterback of all time. Rookie of the year candidate, or at least he should have been. And and in, in patented Rick fashion, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to overplay his hand if he does believe, oh, there are three out there that you know, are as good as Tristan Wirfs. But, um, but you know, you definitely can tell it's a deep offensive tackle draft with a, the first round around there and just so on and so on. Now, after that, the the guard piece again, I mean, the, the guard situation, it, it, it's mm-hmm. just a cluster again, right? Yeah, and I mean, I said this last week that my stance on Mason Cole, because I had uh, a couple conversations after that move was made, the trade, where it's like, what are they doing? And, you know... You're giving up a draft pick for this guy. Mm-hmm. It's a six-round pick, but, yeah. you know, draft capital is draft capital. You know, at, at best, this person should be Brett Jones. At worst, he should be Brett Jones. This mm-hmm. is not your – I mean, the, they're going to tell you that they're bringing him in when we, you know, eventually talk to people. They're going to tell you they're bringing him in. He, he's going to compete at a left guard spot. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't. I don't think that that's how you shore up – I mean, you don't shore up pass protection by bringing in somebody who's not very good at it. That doesn't logically make sense. So <laughs> – I think that there's a way to continue to address the offensive line. Like, let's say at 14, Elijah Vera Tucker's there. Mm -hmm. Guy who played left tackle but probably is a guard in the NFL. Mm -hmm. That's a good fit. Bring him in. Let him play. Let let Mason Cole, since that's the only, I mean, outside of, you know, no no disrespect to Rashad Hill. He was just like, that feels like that was like 10 years ago when he signed uh, before the first wave of free agency or right at the beginning of it. No, I've had that question posed to me. Is Rashad Hill the left tackle? Is he your stopgap guy for this year? I don't know uh, if that's the right play. I would really think that they'd want to address it in the draft and not just, I mean, not saying anything bad about Rashad, but Rashad's a backup yeah. swing tackle, a great, reliable backup. I mean, was the guy that filled in before Brian O'Neill was thrust into the mix during that Arizona game two, three years ago now. Um, but yeah, that's there's so much work to be done on this offensive line and that there's so little time left before the draft that all signs are at least pointing that way. But I still think that they have the financial flexibility if they want to bring in an inexpensive veteran guard that's just hanging out there in free agency. You can do that right now. So, so like with Mason Cole, you know, it's outside of what we will hear or what we've heard eight million times: age, position, flexibility, six um, five, yeah. scheme fit, scheme blah blah fit. blah. Thank yeah, you. Uh, we've heard that eight million uh-huh. times. The, the one thing I truly do, did like about that deal, right when I read it, was I think he has 32 starts in his career, something like that. With, Most of them at center, yeah. With the, Well, yeah, right, but in NFL games. Sure, absolutely. So mm-hmm. with the compensatory sixth, I mean, it's 96%. You're not going to get somebody as good mm-hmm. as him or as experienced, or certainly experienced. Experience, that's, yeah. So I was cool with that. But, you know, then, then now... With that virtual offseason, as we were discussing earlier, 
first, a virtual offseason, basically the way it was last year, okay? Organized team activities, what up, strength and training, mm-hmm. uh, uh, mini camp, rookie camp, whole thing. Do you believe it's needed this 2021? The what's needed virtual exactly. off season. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I don't know. Obviously, okay. with like the the COVID protocols See, and all I'm of that, at. like you know, if yeah. if I mean, I I've been following along with like what the league has said about it and what the NFLPA said about it in terms of players being vaccinated, all of that. I'd like to see a hybrid model where at least you're getting guys in for minicamp because there is such a gap between the end of the season and coming in starting at the end of July when you're doing that immersion process of getting everybody ready for camp. Um, I I don't know. I I think virtual OTAs are fine. I mean, they figured out a way to do that. They're they're, they're successful with it and effective with it. But I'd like to see minicamp in June. I'd like to see them in here to at least, you know, Pop the pads a little bit, even though they're they're not wearing pads. I'm trying to find the fun thing to say about it. So so with this piece, I guess what I'm getting at, Nordo and I talked about it a little bit yesterday, and I was shooting from the lip. I mean, we we were streaming the consciousness, is do you believe there's a chance, and, and we may never see it, hear about it, or read about it, players not getting vaccinated and causing potential rifts within a building? I mean... It's a free country, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless the NFLPA, which I do not believe that they would do, would mandate every single player be vaccinated. I mean... I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Um, could it cause a rift in a building? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so why, but then why? again, there's going to be... There's always that mentality that if you, you know, we, we will replace you. Yeah. We'll find somebody else that's willing to take the shot. But it also can be that. road trip to New Orleans. 88% of the people on Saturday night for two hours get to do this, but you can't because you're not vaccinated. That, well, I wonder if they, I don't know if they could do that. You know I'm I mean, it's team rules. You could come up with, saying. yeah. So I'm just, I'm spitballing Shoot. like yesterday. But with this, with the, the virtual offseason, the NFLPA's perceived stance and the fact that it's starting to pop up now. I just, in, in the back of my mind, I wonder if veterans are urging the Players Association for a completely virtual offseason because they know it either limits or eliminates chances for rookies and kids to get by them. If, if, if these rookies and these youngsters can't get out on the field, well, then nine-year guy on his last deal ain't going to get beat. But if it's all virtual, nine-year guy on his last deal has a better chance to get that extra year of the pension than he does if they're all out there, you know? That's a good point. So, I mean, I just don't – it's it's it got so loud at a weird time with the NFLPA. It just – like I said to Eric yesterday, it just seems to me that you got a lot of veterans in here being like, oh, the virtual offseason was great. I'm, and I'm not diminishing or disrespecting the COVID virus and what's transpiring in the world right now. I'm not at all. I'm going to be the last person to do that, to be honest with you. But that just popped in my mind that it's fair to think about, right? Yeah, and I also think that, not saying it's not worth it, but, you know, I think some people look at it, some players are probably like, what am I actually getting out of OTAs? Running around in shorts. Like, yeah, you know, pads are not popping yet. So, I mean, yeah. you look at it, it's like, I want to stay home. Because, you know, there are a lot of players who 
don't live here full time. Yeah. They they are somewhere else during the off season. That it's like if I can do it from home, whatever. I'll train. Mm-hmm. I'll be with my people, training, doing my regimen. I'll yeah. come when when it's required for me. I mean, I could see, I could totally see that rationale yeah. playing out. Too. Okay, but you see what I'm saying, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, NFLPA be like OTAs, organized team activities, like Courtney just said. Ah, you know, look at these stats here in Florida, and uh, you know, yeah. mini camp and rookie camp, and uh, uh, how about like last year and get up to training camp, and then we'll all come back then. That ain't enough time for rookie guard to beat veteran guard because they haven't been on the field. So That's I just, a good point. I, I think it's um, interesting. And being you're not in the weight program, yeah, right. they send you stuff, but like you're not having your strength and conditioning coach or performance coach, which whatever it's called, you're not having them like look over you. Yep. So the body change that you see from a lot of rookies by the time they show up for rookie minicamp mm-hmm. to the beginning of the season, like if this is Brian O'Neill's rookie year, is he, he, you know, we probably don't see, remember how skinny he was when yep. he got here because he was a converted tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, like you don't see that change in the body from May to August, 2018 that yep. you would, I mean, you wouldn't see that this year that you did that year. The best as usual. If you have time week of, or, um, uh, the penultimate week for the draft, stop by again. I'd love to. We'll chat again. You're awesome, man. And uh, great job on the radio. Too, Thank you. Seriously. I appreciate that. Courtney Cronin at Courtney R. Cronin. See, there was a promise nine to noon that Miss Cronin would come through with some elite Vikings and NFL takes. And she did. Now, that's one promise here via the radio. Another for your real lives would involve Josh Pomerlow and the Pomerlow team of JP uh, at J.P. Wilman Realty Twin Cities. They have the Pomerlow promise. And with that promise, if you sign up with a Josh, Matt, Amanda, and the second and on staff, then you set the price for your home and the date you want it sold. Obviously, it's contractually. And if Pomerlo doesn't come through, they buy it from you. That's the Pomerlo promise. Really is that simple. And and by the way, if things get like uh, topsy turvy or tumultuous and you got to chat with them, it, if necessary, the Pomerlo team will let you out of the contract at any time. So there are countless wonderful stories about the real estate related work Josh Pomerlo and the Pomerlo team are doing on a daily basis. 612-260-LIST, online, pomerloteam.com. It is Pomerlo Team. Your iHeartRadio app. This is the Wild File, presented by Mystic Lake Casino Hotel on The Fan. It is indeed the Wild File, the three-game win streak for your Minnesota Wild. Comes to an end, 4-3 in a shootout last night. Kevin Fiala got his 10th of the year. Dumba fighting past the check, right side, a backdoor pass. Johansson hit the outside of the goalpost after outweighting Jones. Fiala now scores! Kevin Fiala from in tight. Ripped it upstairs, and halfway through the third, we're tied at three. That's Joe O'Donnell's voice you hear last night on the call. Now Kevin Fiala ties it at three, goes to a shootout. I mean, his, Eric Carlson was all over us last night. Two goals in regulation, and the shootout winner. It's Eric Carlson. Every time Talbot has been able to keep the Wild in it, it is Carlson over the offensive line in the slot, loading, firing, and he scores. He lasted at high glove, and the Sharks win the shootout 3-2. They take the game 4-3. They get a point, and they're back at it tomorrow night. And, of course, it's a 9.30 p.m. puck drop local time. Why wouldn't it be? Back-to-back San Jose tomorrow night into Vegas on Thursday. That's the Wild File. That was the Wild File, presented by Mystic Lake Casino Hotel on The Fan.
leader on a Talker Tuesday, FM 100.3, KFAN 651 Carpet Studios. Producer Nordo, I'm Paul Allen. Jamie Erdahl, Paul Allen, how you been? I'm awesome. How are you, PA? Excellent. Thank you, Miss Jamie Erdahl of CBS Sports, Minnesotan. Bloomington native, found via Twitter, at Jamie Erdahl, E-R-D-A-H-L. And um, and Miss Jamie had to text you right after that Mark Few interview you did Sunday uh, when, when Gonzaga wins. His, his Zags just waxed yet another team. And the look on the look on his face all interview was that of a proud father. I mean, he just loves these kids, doesn't he? He he does. I mean, and for as much success as Mark Few has had, you're right. Like you think he would have like an ounce of pompousness or confidence that would exude in those interactions, but the man is as humble as a basketball coach as I have ever come across. He really really I think believes in that mantra of we just won one game, not we just have won 26 in a row or we haven't lost since last February. But, yeah, he thinks every opponent is a challenge, and when he is able to tackle them, he is about as proud as they come. What um, what was it like watching Gonzaga live? Um, better than I had seen on TV. And I really I really hadn't seen a lot of them on TV, um, I'll be honest with you. And it was... It was really pretty basketball. Like we, we, I had a game last night. I had uh, the Oregon State uh, Houston game last night, and at times that was some ugly basketball. You know, very defensive laden teams. You know, not a lot of high scoring. But Gonzaga plays some really beautiful basketball. I am a huge John Stockton fan, and to me, Gonzaga basketball still just has that John Stockton feel to it of really selfless, pretty passes. Just. Just really pretty basketball. I can't say it any other way. And and I'm in no way, you know, certainly going to say Jalen Suggs has an opportunity to be the next John Stockton. But like with the mini Ha Ha Academy kid, I mean, just a dynamite player representing the state wonderfully. And when I watch him play, he he just has some Jason Kidd to his game. I really like him. Do you? He does. I really like him too. And I had watched him a little bit. You know, when I when I had heard that he had committed. Um, to Gonzaga out of Minnehaha. It's funny, Mark Few told me when I asked him about recruiting Jalen Suggs, um, Few said that it actually took some convincing between Jalen and his dad to kind of have Mark Few buy into the fact that this kid actually wanted to go to Gonzaga. Mark Few said, I don't usually fish in those waters, which is funny for Minnesota and funny because Mark Few is such a fisherman. <laughs> um, but it, it, it really was Jalen and his dad picking Gonzaga and picking that style of play and they just knew from the get-go that that was going to be a really good fit for him, and obviously that is coming true. What um, with, with Suggs, I mean, because you followed sports at such a high level for so long, what, what do you think Jalen Suggs does very well you feel will create advantages in the NBA? Well, I think he can truly fit into any system because he doesn't make it about himself you know and I and again I that speaks to how Gonzaga is playing basketball in general right now but that kid can really go to any team and I, I'm a firm believer that if you're creating opportunities for others it's going to come full circle and I bet it will come pretty quickly for him that eventually he does find himself open because there's so many passes around the outside that he's you know even if he started the train he's the one on the back end in the corner that's able to knock down a three so he, he's just so – it's almost like he's unaware of how selfless he is, but it's making him a better player because I think that's going to make him 
highly coveted when it comes to the NBA, no matter what team is able to get their hands on him. Jamie Erdahl, CBS Sports. What um, so? Uh, what about his friend? I mean, I don't, I'm sure you caught this when when you got back from working last night. His friend Paige Beckers from Hopkins High. I mean, she she she's as cold blooded, good at handling the ball and shooting in big spots as anybody you're going to see this side of uh, old school Lindsey Whalen. I mean, another Minnesotan uh, with, yes. with UConn. She's terrific. She's unbelievable, and she's. She didn't skip a beat, and that's what I think is so remarkable about her entire season. Is It's not even like she had a kind of a shaky November. Oh, she dipped over the holidays because she missed her family. No, this, this girl just graduated from Hopkins and really became the pride and joy of Minnesota basketball. Sorry, Jalen, but it's true. She has, and she's taken the country by storm. I saw fantastic tweets last night, you know, um, Paige Becker, it's time for you to go sign with the Knicks. You know, it just she, <laughs> people. There's just like nationwide basketball appreciation for how gifted this young woman is. And you know what I love most about it, PA, is that um, a couple of years ago I had Geno's 1,000th win, and um, I was talking to him before the game. And as you know, like it's just such a prideful moment when a Minnesotan emerges onto the to the nationwide scene. And he was telling me about this girl from Hopkins. <laughs> Um, in 2017, and that, and I had to go back and do that. She was 15 years old, and he was so excited about her. And then to see her, you know, that just really speaks to his eye for talent, but her consistency and the player that she's become. The UConn-Baylor, um, for my taste, it was the best basketball game of the night. And I know Oregon State came charging at Houston. Uh, your guy, the, the skinny guy who plays good defense, who hit that weird shot that they nullified, that was cool and everything. <laughs> But NBA, the whole thing that that get the final seven minutes of that game I watched last night with the yes. awful no foul call at the end on on the Baylor girl. It was ridiculous, and and Paige just had a lot to do with how fun that game was. And you know, like with Minnesota basketball, okay. Back to Jalen Suggs for a second. Ben Johnson now coaches the Golden Gophers, and and clearly has to find a way. Do you think this is fair to? keep at least one of every three of those Jalen Suggs. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I absolutely agree. And, P.A., it's it's becoming more prevalent in my time covering the NCAA that I come across, uh, and I only recently moved back to Minnesota, so I'm kind of checking back into the prep basketball scene, if you will. But mm-hmm. every time I, ha- I get assigned an NCAA team, I'm biased. I check the roster. Hey, is there a Minnesota kid on this team? And, and they're really creeping into the Blue Bloods. And it, it's exciting for them because they're in the NCAA tournament for the North Carolinas of the world, for Gonzaga, for Duke. But why are they not playing for Minnesota? Why? I mean, I saw a handful of them in Wisconsin. That makes sense to me. You know, if you're going to, those are two very different campuses. If, if Wisconsin speaks to you more, that's cool. But I, I do think that I hope. Ben can can do the trick because more need to be staying home. Right. Excellent point because, like, think Oklahoma State, okay? Ain't nobody thinking Oklahoma State in basketball. Now, you yeah. got this Cade Cunningham, and back in the day you had Marcus Smart. So, I mean, every so often somebody comes through that helps you get to a certain level, and yeah. they're going to find you, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And I just think it does take – you know, it has to be a snowball effect, but um, it, it, it takes one to two players to to kind of make the Gophers cool again. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. It's like, what what's happening here that 
that we got so far away from being able to. And it's not like the talent in Minnesota. I mean, we're seeing in the NCAA tournament is few and far between. I mean, it's really becoming a great pipeline that the, that the Gophers just, I, I hope that they can get back to that level because they play in the Big Ten. I mean, besides this NCAA tournament, it's a fantastic conference. Like, there's no reason why these guys shouldn't want to play for the Gophers. Without, with, the, with these zags that you caught live and what you've seen, I mean, you're not in the touting business, but, I mean, it almost looks like they can't lose the tournament, right? And I know Baylor's really good and really fast. This Gonzaga team's unbelievable. Well, I think they just play a very different style compared to the other teams that are left now. My husband went to Michigan, so I have to be a little bit biased towards them. But I do think that they have done what they've had to do to get to this point, but that's without Isaiah Livers. At some point, they're going to play a team that's going to exploit the fact that they're without their best player. Gonzaga just has all the tricks of the trade that it's almost like 40 minutes is too much basketball for you to be able to beat Gonzaga. Like, they just, they're like, oh, this won't work? Oh, we'll try this other thing we can do. Oh, you're not going to let us do that? Fine, we'll do this thing too. Whereas other teams, I, I feel, that have gotten this far, I don't want to call them one-trick ponies, but they just don't have as many tricks as Gonzaga does. So now, time for two more. All right, so so as you mentioned, you worked that Oregon State-Houston game last night. What What is the feel of an arena? Are, are there fans, zero fans, or like how many? Oh, gosh. Well, that was my first time inside Lucas Oil, and, you know, they have the double courts going on. Um, so in a football stadium, they feel farther away than mm-hmm. the other arenas I've been in in Indy. So mm-hmm. I had done a couple games at Hinkle. I've been out to Purdue. The college arenas felt better, uh, if you will, a little bit more intimate. The fans were able to be a little closer, and because, you know, the roofs were lower, it just felt like, okay, yes, there are people here. It's tough inside a football stadium, regardless if yeah. it's packed or if it's at 10%. Um, but they were there. Um, it, it was just tough because they have the, the fans so sequestered, so dedicated to, okay, this is Houston's corner. This is Oregon State's corner that when a run happens, the fans are doing their best, but it's literally <laughs> coming from like this pin needle part of the corner of the arena. You're like, you know, you guys are doing a great job, but we can barely hear you. <laughs> right. Um, whereas it used to really just encompass an entire arena. But you know what I say, PA? It's a, it was a weird year. I'm just happy we got these games on and we're, mm-hmm. we're inching closer to a Final Four and fans are no fans. People are watching basketball and so be it. <laughs> See, Jamie, what I was getting at is uh, you're, you're the lead sideline analyst for SEC football. So, I mean, it's Danielson. It's, it's, uh, it's Nestler. I mean, it, it's, yep. it's intense and big leads are blown and LSU comes from out of nowhere and wins at Death Valley. It's super exciting. So you've been right there for that and with basketball. The feel of an arena with few fans far away, a team's winning by 16, and then the other team comes back and, and gets them. You know, the arena would have a certain feel during that time. What about last night? It it did, but that's where I was saying that the Oregon State fans did their best when they were able to pull back after that 17-point lead that Houston had, but it, it just didn't have that same emotional tidal wave, if you will, that it normally would give in the NCAA tournament. And so to your point, I actually think um, just the setup of the fans has been a little bit more challenging or lack thereof in basketball than it was in football. I mean, this is for a lot of these kids, the first time fans have been at their games all season. A ton of conferences were without. I mean, it felt like a scrimmage to a lot of these guys going into the NCAA tournament. So the fact that there are people there, they probably are fired up, but 
You're so right. Just in terms of a momentum builder, you know, they hit that three to tie the game. Co- opposing coach has to call a timeout. Just that swell you would normally get is just not there. Well, are you back in Minnesota? I am making my way there. Okay. Uh, TBS tonight, so I figured you would. And, you know, 70s yesterday, 40s today, welcome home, right? Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great work as usual. Really enjoy your work, Jamie. Thanks for... uh Thanks for um, helping the 9 to Noon radio show, and um, you have have safe travels, okay? Anytime, PA. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you. Jamie Erdahl uh, with CBS Sports. She is the lead sideline analyst for SEC football and uh, also does great work with uh, with March Madness. Second half of the presentation, News Do Nord, courtesy of Canterbury Park and canterburypark.com. Coming up soon, about 25 minutes from now, the, the techie, the techie AG. Big week, Twins opening. On the fan. He's JJ. Perfect timing. News to Nord. He's JJ, or I should say, nine to noon. He's PA. He's Nordo. And this is News to Nord, brought to you by Canterbury's Card Casino. It's poker, it's blackjack, it's table games. It's all year round. So get to CanterburyPark.com and uh, learn all the details. Number one. I suppose we'll just get this out of the way. Covered at early 9 to noon. Admittedly, it was a very late game. I did not watch the eight-round shootout. But uh, Kevin Fiala got a goal. Dumbo fighting past the check. Right side, a backdoor pass. Johansson hit the outside of the goalpost after outweighting Jones. Fiala now scores! Kevin Fiala from in tight ripped it upstairs and halfway through the third we're tied at three I wish I would have known Joe Donald was going to be on the call last night love wild Joe it did go to overtime and eventually a shootout that was a game tying goal by Fiala his 10th of the year Eric Carlson though he had two during regulation and he got the overtime uh, excuse me the shootout winner it's Eric Carlson every time Talbot is been able to keep the Wild in it. It is Carlson over the offensive line in the slot, loading, firing, and he scores. Blasted at high glove, and the Sharks win the shootout 3-2. They take the game 4-3. So uh, get some extra caffeine in your system, PA, and we'll both stay up tomorrow night. You know, he's 9.30, the, three in a row. So it's 9.30 p.m. last night. It's 9.30 tomorrow against the Sharks. Let's bounce back and get two points. And then uh, it's a back-to-back into Thursday a late one at Las Vegas in the uh, the Golden yeah. Knights. But uh, I think we're handling it well. I mean, I may have watched three minutes of the game last night, with all <laughs> due respect. And, in fact, was so out of touch that I didn't even know, like you, Wild um, um, Joe O'Donnell called the game, uh, which, which I believe he's going to be doing a lot of on the fan, if not... All of them the next two weeks. Okay, so um, so we'll put that that um, we need Wild Joe. Yeah, we'll put that Iowa Wild bit back in play probably beginning Thursday. I really enjoyed it, uh, but why I believe we're doing it the right way is you can't you you don't want to fire your proverbial bullets when you don't have to. Yes, the point being there are going to be wild postseason games with. The the Bally's or the NBC Sports Network, yeah, nine forty start, right? That's really like nine fifty seven, and those are postseason games, 
So we're going to watch every minute of them. We're going to tweet during them. We're going to steal takes from Bossberg, Tennessee, and Russo Radio. So we'll be up for those. And the best way to be up for those to have the right opinions is to rest now. Very good point. Thank you. Again, 9.15 pregame, 9.30-ish, more like 9.37, puck drop. Tonight, Wild Joe will have the call. Number two. How with that Wild Joe? Uh, we see a couple of teams in the Final Four on the men's side, PA. Yeah. Houston, and uh, a late three for the backdoor cover if you were an Oregon State Beaver fan. And then uh, Baylor gets by Arkansas mm. last night. That is on the men's side, I however. Didn't, I didn't catch the end of that game. Baylor was an eight, minus eight, yeah. and I think they won by nine. They won by nine. Did McTockett take uh, just the dirtiest of dirty noses at the wire? See, I don't know, because I, I texted McTockett last night, and I said, Beavers plus eight? <laughs> and I did not get a response. What? So if he didn't pull the trigger on it, it ended up working out with that late three. Uh, how about the women's side, though? Some controversy. Caitlin Bickle, near left baseline. She tosses it in with two hands. It's intercepted by Paige Beckers. She tosses it high in the air. She lets out a yell. UConn goes on to the Final Four yet again. The Huskies hang on 69-67 in a battle here in San Antonio. I love having, and, and we're going to have the, the men's games on tonight. USC, Gonzaga at 615. Yeah. Truncated Barrero, that means early ending for him. UCLA and Michigan at 857. Love having Westwood One offer their coverage and Same. being partners with them. It's sweet. So stay tuned to the fan for that tonight. But this game right here. Yeah. UConn is headed, first of all, there's a lot of tentacles to this. UConn is headed to their 13th consecutive women's Final Four. My God. I mean, that's that's just incredible. Chance at a 12th national chan- uh, championship. They beat Baylor and the Lady Bears 69-67 last night. The problem is, with about five seconds left, Baylor guard, I hope I do this right, Dijanae Carrington, All right. appears to be fouled by a couple of Huskies, Aaliyah Edwards and Olivia Nelson-Odota. As she went up for a shot, no foul was called. There's weeping. There's, there's a massive freakout, not only... Among the Baylor players, the Baylor coach, Mulkey, and then uh, and then just about everybody who was watching the game was like, how the hell was that not called? Uh, they get a free throw out of it, the uh, the UConn Huskies do, and uh, and they end up with less than a second left getting the 69-67 final. Did you see it? Was it a complete... Uh... Ridiculous. There we go. The way it was, I mean, I watched it live and I thought it was a foul, but then they went through all the replays. I saw the Baylor coaches, or at least I saw highlights of her interview, she, she's she's uh, fidgeting with her mask. Can't get the mask straight. The Courtney Cronin covering <laughs> Baylor was like it wasn't the strap was not properly placed on her right ear. Yeah, she was apoplectic. So I was like, "Come on, it's, it's up by your right ear, and it'll all be good. And you won't sneeze during a quick trip spot." So then she was pressed on the "What did you think of that final call?" And then she's trying to get her mask right. She's fidgeting. You know, she's weeping and uh then she said what'd you think and the uh, the reporter said i felt it was a foul and she said write that yeah you need to write that held up her phone and said uh, basically i'm not going to tell you from whom i'm getting these texts but <laughs> yeah here are the pictures the whole thing it's ridiculous and may god be with us all uh second tentacle to this yeah 
Paige Beckers is amazing. Yeah, she's on the list. I, I know her name 10 even days ago. better than advertised. The right. Hopkins gal now at UConn. She's a Be- freshman, right? Uh, yeah, best player. And she's on- slight of frame. Her ball handling skills are terrific, but I don't believe she's their point guard. And to get open from the one, one and a half, or two spot, with she's just so crafty. Yeah. And her step back and the way she comes off picks and the little passes in the key. You know, which you're not supposed to bounce pass in the in the key. It's like basketball 101. She's phenomenal. I love watching that young lady. She absolutely is. Now, there's another tentacle, and I think that I just found this, so I want to see if I can get this audio. Let me see here. I don't think it was a bad beat for Tockett last night. I mean, it was a four-point game early in the second half, but then it's like 9, 10, 11 the rest of the way, free throws at the end. It doesn't seem like there were any flim-flams. So the uh, the Lady Bears are out of the tournament. Now, Kim Mulkey, as you said, I thought she said it the right way. Then write it that way. Uh, you don't need a quote from me. Yeah, Everybody's kind of saying the same thing. Just write it how you want to. Sir. But then she happened to say this, and people are frustrated about it. I have not listened to this audio I just downloaded, so hopefully it hits the uh, the money. I want to say this to all of you. I don't think my words will matter, but after the games today and tomorrow, there's four teams left, I think, on the men's side and the women's side. They need to dump the COVID testing. Ooh. Wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing, and then you got kids that end up having test positive or something, <laughs> and they don't get to play in the Final Four? So oh my God. you need to just forget the, the the COVID test and let the four teams that are playing in each Wait. Final Four go battle it out. I mean, that new computer setup, that glitzy thing you got in your basement. Yeah, yeah. Did you like take somebody else's voice and make it sound like hers? Oh, no. Okay, now, I'm just going to jump, well, for, first of all, specifically in the age of rage. Yeah, that's pure Southern Bell accent right there. Even if you believe that, you can't say it. I mean, no, you can't you, say you it. You can, but if you say it publicly and you got a little prominence, well, here, come, here, you know, the, the, here comes the slam dunking on you, okay? Secondly, I mean, it may be 75,000 to 200,000 to one in a very short amount of time in a sequestered situation. That it happens. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't think or say, jettison the COVID testing so you don't lose any players. <laughs> Where, if per chance one gets bit yeah. and then all get bit, right? thank God Loyola is, is not in the men's tournament anymore. Because if they had this approach... Your lady Millie or whatever her name is. Oh, Sister Jean. Oh, yeah, Sister Jean. If if she's next, if the, those rules are good, and Sister Jean's next to the wrong person, <laughs> you talk about teeth gnashing. Holy cow! Well, I would hope Sister Jean, at her age, would have gotten the vaccine. Maybe she didn't get the vaccine. S- I don't know. Sister Jean got the first vaccine in 1898. Right. She probably <laughs> whatever did. vaccine it was. Well, I mean, some would say as soon as you wash yeah. those waters upon your. Right. Upon your forehead? That, right, but, uh, if I, but if I believe that, I wouldn't say That's it. a different kind of vaccine. And I just, am I missing something here? No, I mean, she, you know, she's... Let's forget the testing. If somebody gets bit, at least we got all our players. <laughs> you know, but but this is, this is all, she's been there for two decades. She's won three titles. She yeah. she can get loud and say yeah. what she wants to. Oh, I appreciate but it. Then, but now, of course, there are those that disagree yeah. that want her head torn off and well, when you see handed her, out to the walkers. When you see her... And or listen to her. And we are not elite Brittany Griner minds or whatever the lady's name was. The Brittany Griner. She could you. dunk. Yeah, the tall girl from yeah, She was like 6'9". It was awesome. I mean, this lady, seriously, do you, real, do you think she really cares about what the public opinion is coming at what she said, saying it from the heart? 
I mean, there's so no, much. No, she doesn't care. There's so much equity there. She actually may eyeball the school president and say, no, I'm not retracting it. <laughs> you know, and then it's going to, then that guy's going to be like, okay, we're cool. Anybody have a working cell phone number for Brenda Freeze? <laughs> Brenda Freeze. I think it has an S in it. It's, it's, it's okay to disagree with her. I think it's okay also that she can state her opinion. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, some don't see it. Well, it's way. also okay to agree with her. I mean, absolutely it is. Right. So that's, again, you know, a year and change into it and yeah. masks and the whole thing. It's age of rage, man. Yeah, age of rage indeed. Um, oh, yeah. Wolves lost 112, 107. Not much to say there. So we'll move uh, Yeah, on. there is a little. Oh. Almost, oh, I can save some of it for the techie. I'll just do like this. Like this Jaden McDaniels thing where yeah, yeah. you got a lot of people on his jock and it looks like it was a really good draft pick. Um, man. And I probably haven't watched enough of him. To properly be like, good, good, okay, okay, but I, I don't know. I thought he was fantastic last night. I mean, mm. the patches that I was watching, and they're losing by 11 when I was watching and watched the whole game. Uh, but this McDaniels, man, um, yeah, I'm going to get into it with the tech use around the corner. No, I dig that. Let's get into uh, Drew Brees. This is with, I think it's with Dan Patrick, and here he is talking about who should supplant him, uh, who should replace him. Who is the next guy to carry the torch at the quarterback spot mm-hmm. for the New Orleans Saints? We know Taysom Hill and uh, Jameis Watson would be two names Win- in the mix. Winston. I'm with that Jameis Watson. Jameis Watson? It's Winston. Jameis Winston. That's okay. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean. Okay, I just, you sneezed during a quick trip I spot. I don't know Jameis Winston's name. Yeah, well, there was something. We got to regroup for the many, final Many, many years ago where you were mixing it up with. Maybe it was Sherlock Holmes, who was like Winston, I presume. <laughs> <laughs> who should be the starter at quarterback for the Saints? You know what? Uh, it'll be interesting. I think both those guys you know, have some unique skill sets. Of course you do. Um, I'd say, obviously, Jameis and Taysom are yeah. different styles of quarterback. Yeah. And whatever offense is run, I think you, you make the adjustments within the framework of the offense to fit the skill set that you're dealing with, you know? I really like both those guys. I think they both have the ability to be really good NFL quarterbacks. So who is Well, it? wait, why'd you cut it off there? No, that's it. No, it's not. After that, he was like, and by the way, before I leave, Dan... We're a year into this thing now, 10 months, and I made a mistake last summer after some um, social justice-related situations. <laughs> Is there Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he killed me on Twitter, even though he could have called me or texted me. Yeah, still hasn't texted me. Yeah, what? I mean, he still hasn't texted me. And, what? And I mean, these programs and everything, they're, like, popping up all over the place, right? I mean, more so than just giving $10 million to Florida A&M and Grambling and Jacksonville State. I mean, these programs to help and everything, Aaron, I mean, they're right there in front of us, right? I must be missing them. Okay, Dan, got to go. Uh, the techie, Aaron Gleeman, AaronGleeman.com. Uh, twins techie, Timberwolves techies in studio around the corner. Uh, first time uh, I will have seen our beloved techie in about a month, and I'm very excited. Uh, Aaron Gleeman, at Aaron Gleeman via Twitter, writes with uh, The Athletic. That's next. Eric Nordquist on News Do Nordo, and I'm Paul Allen. From the 651 Carpet Studio, this is your sneezing during a quick trip spot for which they still pay. Leader, the fan. The fan. Nine to noon. Take care, Polly Wally. Nine to noon. Box. 
Why? Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? With your... <laughs> with your quick rewards card. I can't believe you paid Yes, that. Mr. Meisner, you paid for that sneeze. Now i got to call Common Cell and trace my steps for the last 10 weeks. Or 10 days. <laughs> yeah, I said, like... Even though I can't get bit or I can't bite because of the antibodies for right. whatever amount of weeks or whatever. That's, I just said to Norda, like, it's in a way good he's already had it because otherwise that whole room is just quarantined. Like, <laughs> oh. oh, no, that, it won't stop there. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I, gotta, I have to get a... You know those contact tracers uh, that we had at Twin Cities Orthopedic yeah. Performance Center? The little beep bits, man. Oh, yeah. Mine's like... Deek, 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 right now. Oh, my heavens. That's a great drop. First of all, I hope they use that for the next, like, 30 years. <laughs> all right, let me, um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to put it right. Uh, by the way, uh, what what a what a sight for sore eyes and a sound for sore ears. You're the sight for sore eyes now. My heavens, am, am I great to? I haven't seen you in so long. Is it great to uh, hear you and or see you? So, welcome, A.G., Aaron yeah. Gleeman, at Aaron Gleeman. Uh, is the Twitter um, destination. Uh, there you can uh, track his stories that uh, he does for The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. Believe it or not, I have a Hunter Thompson situation in here that I would like you to hear. Okay. Whoa, mama! That's not it. And <laughs> that's a Bart, that was a Bart Simpson? That's a Bart Simpson. Yeah. And wait, ooh. Thank you, uh, Falcon Heights. Uh, not the one either. <laughs> what is that? You know, State fair season. The they want the controversy. They want the negativity. Better. Well, now my my sneeze. Yeah. Was during a quick trip live read within the last thirty minutes. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I was doing PA in Dubai. Had the opportunity to do an interview with author Hunter S. Thompson. Okay. I mean, within six months before he killed himself. Yeah. He did kill himself. I think right? so, yeah. Yeah, shot himself in Colorado or whatever. Yeah. Um, now, you... Yeah, I'm going to head down a path here that okay. may be a little weird. Do you read books? Yes, I've read his a few of his books. Okay, yeah. Including, know. like... Uh, and and he, they made a movie that maybe people have seen, too, Fear and Loathing yeah. in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, the only books Nordo and I read... For Nordo, it's Dr. S- uh, it, it's The Giving Tree... <laughs> To his kids, you know, where the beasts are, Rome or something like that. Yeah. Well, you can't say, thing. you can't do Dr. Seuss anymore. I, that's why I stopped yeah. it at the zoo. No, but he's got, he's got, I know he's got my book in, on the back of his toilet that he reads oh, one right. chapter at a time. Oh, read it uh, front to back. Yeah, so that's great literature. I read it regular. It's an American late. classic. Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. Rum Diaries. Yeah, right. Happens to be my favorite. Which they also made a movie out. Did they? Out, I think. And there's, yeah, they did. There, yeah, and Rum Diaries is Costa Rica, I believe, or something like. Yeah. It's just wonderful, man. His writing style but is he, so. He also cool. late in his writing career wrote for page two on ESPN and did a unbelievable like, crazy good sports stuff. How old are you? Thirty. Uh, I, th- I said thirty-seven last week, and my mom informed me I'm wrong about my own age. I'm thirty-eight. Now. Okay, so you're thirty-eight. Yeah. I'm five-five. Yeah. Do you happen to remember? So nineteen ninety. How old are you? Ninety-one, uh, eight years old. Okay, it was only here for a year and a half, two years. There was a national sports periodical called the National. Yes, do you remember? Which it? was a newspaper style, but yeah. with national stories. Oh. Yeah, and it had like a crazy good oh. roster of, of Mike writers. Lupico was yeah. the lead columnist, so on and so on and so on. It was unbelievably good. Yeah, and at that time, 
I was writing for the Pasadena Star News and the San Gabriel Valley Tribune covering horse racing, high school sports, and whenever I would get a stringer opportunity for USA Today to do the Angels, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Trojans, whatever, it was super cool. Yeah, there's your shot to get put in and try to, yeah. Yeah, until somebody for the Pasadena Star News was like, hey, I mean, if if you want to make some cash, I'm not going to go down that road. You probably (laughs) think about the spoken word, but anyway. Um, so now you have, you have the national, okay? Yeah. And then it's gone, kaput, poof. And it was only a, a couple years or like not year that and long. Half. Yeah. Yeah. Year and a half. Okay. Um, the fat lady sang, uh, then it's gone and it's like, whoa, that was good, but it was super expensive and the roster and everything. So then you fast forward and I'm like, okay, cool. Athletic ties into this, believe it or not. It's from my heart because in the middle you have that ESPN page yes. two bit I mean, it was appointment reading. Yeah, they had Hunter S. Thompson when he wrote about sports. Ralph Ralph Wiley, who was oh, super good. Yes. They, what they did was oh. they had some just hardcore sports guys, but they also brought in guys who were just amazing writers. Yes, and then told them, "Why don't you find something at least sports adjacent to yes. write about?" A lot of the time, right? Yeah. So then now that that's gone, okay, and whatever yeah. you know, um, Don or Bill Simmons, yeah. And, then he started. His, became Grantland, and then it you. became the Ringer, and then yeah. And then now we have the the Athletic. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm I, not going to wood for you. The Athletic yeah. doesn't go the way A of the Dodo Bird, yeah. B the National, I appreciate or C Hunter S. Thompson. Six months after I chatted with him on the radio, because again, I love it, man. No, I will say like one of the first because I joined the Athletic like two years ago, I guess, and their founder had like a all hands meeting, like you know, State of the Union type meeting. One of the first months yeah. I was there. Deshaun and, Watson might add 26 of those. <laughs> or Deshaun Winston, as Nordo <laughs> might say. Uh, Deshaun Winston, back to pass, fires it deep. DeAndre Harvey, yes, touchdown! <laughs> but, I, but the athletic CEO brought up the National as an example of the type of quality they're trying to produce, which yeah. is... <laughs> Blow it out of your mouth. Oh, okay, you I hear love me? that. With that sneeze. I'll come sneeze on you. So good. Oh, wait, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Yeah. yeah. yeah you don't scare me. Um, it's an unloaded gun. All right. So, um, better live on the fly, unplanned, weird noise. Yeah. My oh, yeah. sneeze 40 minutes ago uh, during a quick trip spot, believe it or not, for which they paid. <laughs> or Hunter S. Thompson in an interview uh, I or PA and Dubay were doing with him. And that cough, that deep. Because, that was like phlegmy. Well, the cigarette yeah. bit with him, it yeah. was the Phyllis Diller old. Yeah. It's You got the thin cigarette, probably the Virginia in Slims. In the holder, like in the, yeah, right? I don't know what yeah. that's even called. Virginia like, Slims or what's the Benson bit? Benson Hedges. Yeah. Benson and whatever. Oh, Benson Hedges, yeah. Benson Hedges. So you got the super thin bit, but then you got the Phyllis Diller piece that goes in your mouth. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's nine feet long. Yeah. So he's he's smoking that thing. And for many, 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 many years, a lot of drugs obviously have gone right. into the system. Hunter, rum diaries, man, I just love it. So that's AM. Yeah. Welcome to FM. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Your sound's better. The that audio is, quality's better. Than that, yours. that is so awesome. Did he what? Did he recover? Like, what was the rest of the interview like with him after that? Mm. Like, he didn't pass out from that. He went on, right? No. Not he, great, maybe. I can't remember if he was coming to Minnesota. I can't remember what led to the interview. Right. Maybe it was the ESPN page. Yeah, he two must thing. have been promoting something. Right? Yeah, like, he, he asked some weird peyote question and 31st and Lake, and I'm like, well, okay. I'm usually down there for girls, not drugs. Yeah. So, I mean, I got no idea, Mr. Thompson. <laughs> um, 
How excited are you right now? This, I mean, this is a lot of fun, PA. I said to Nordo, like, just having that drop, it makes coming into work for the day worthwhile. Like, yeah. some days you go, like, I don't know, this might just be one of those days nothing much happens. But yeah. this is, I feel like 30 years from now when they're still using that drop, <laughs> Nordo will be able to tell the story Good. just like you did okay. about Hunter S. Thompson of the day yeah. PA oh, sneezed. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? You can blow it out your butt, too. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine you're super excited on a day end or a week like this, right? Because we can talk wolves? No. Bill's Garden Chinese Gourmet in Minneapolis has added items to its poo-poo platter. Is that right? And made nuts optional with the Kung Pao beef. Now, you joke, but I would estimate that I've gotten takeout and or delivery from Bill's Garden Chinese Mm -hmm. 15 times in my life. It's solid. Who says I'm joking? Good fried rice. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to prioritize what excites you on a week like this. Good, good General So's chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, wontons are solid. It's it's not Steam my go to. Yeah, I it's not my go to, but it's it's definitely above average. Well, how excited are you seriously? When a week like this, a day like this. Yeah, about what? Litter Robot Three. Litter Robot yeah. Three upgraded version. Self cleaning litter box for your kitty. <laughs> we didn't need that. I mean, I mean now, <laughs> now. Uh, you have to leave the sinkhole fewer times. I like that. For $500, you can never move from your couch. <laughs> yeah, but then how, do, how does it leave your house? Like, what? you know what I mean? The litter robot? Yeah. It like, doesn't. It cleans it, but somebody's still got to then take it somewhere. No, I, uh, well, I don't know. You know? When I constructed the bit, excuse me, <laughs> yeah. uh, when I investigated your life. Yeah. It may attach to it and yeah. come in here and do the thing and yeah. the vibrator in the bedroom and you've really painted quite a picture of my life here. Well, just in general, I mean it's a big week. It's man. not inaccurate. I just know you're super excited. Yeah, freshly cleaned box for kitty. Yeah, all hours of the day. That is huge. That, that is. Well, because if you let that box get, I mean, you let that box get behind, yes. you know, and you go to scooping. Oh, it's a disaster. And those balls are big. Well, it's a disaster, but it takes two and a half minutes to yeah. do the whole thing. There's nothing worse than walking into somebody's house and smelling the litter This box. is my big fear. Sure there is, walking well. into somebody's house and having a freaking dog hump on your leg. Or yeah. having somebody leave a house and then the dog is more depressed than anything I've seen. Yeah. I'd prefer And will sit in the same spot. There's a drop to wait, take. Waiting for chief owner to come back. So, yeah, yeah. personal but taste, but it is. This is my fear, is exactly what Noro said, which oh, is... the funk. We have two... Codependency, ca- though. We have two cats now. <laughs> and my fear is that by sitting in the house all day, yeah. I've become, like, immune to the smell. <laughs> yep. And so yeah. every time I come back, like, when I come back from the studio today, yeah. I, I take a big whiff because I want to know, does our house stink or not? Will a, will a normal person who doesn't sit here all day what? walk into our house and think, ooh, this stinks like cat? Because I'm worried that I'm... Techie. a I'm I'm used to it. But feline techie. Yeah. The litter box never should smell. It only smells if, if human gets behind on it. Well, yeah, but they're That's going. That's the point. They go like six times. Well, human can't get behind on it because it. I don't care about. Well, they go a lot. They go like six times a day. Here's the deal, bro. Um, it's a full-time job. Uh, we, we have a cat, okay, really since the last time I saw you. But I think it's three and a half months now. Her name is Luna. I'll tell you a story in a second. Okay. But the... Like the 18-year-old who found the cat in a dumpster, okay? And, and well, the, the litter box is in her room, okay? Okay. Along with the food and, and the water. You know, and she, with all due respect to, to my daughter, she's terrible at keeping up with this litter box. <laughs> yeah. So I've made it my job without, you know, she's nearing the end of high school. It's been an arduous run. And I ain't going to, like, break her down because they're, the, the litter box hasn't been cleaned in three days. Yeah. 
So the smell has nothing to do with it for me. It's thinking about Kitty getting into the bathroom area Hi, you're and having to step on its own oh, crap oh. and its own piss balls. Well, that's nice of you to say it. It's ridiculous. And then after that, after stepping on its own waste, just yeah. prancing around your house. Or hopping up on the kitchen island, hopping up yeah. on the dinner table, hopping so, up on whatever. Yes. So that's again, my issue. Well, cats are smart, but go ahead. I'll, I'll, deal, well, I'll deal with Fido just getting after it on my leg. <laughs> The cat smell he, he can, that is too much. Can we make it a female dog? I mean, why? I don't want Fido on your leg. <laughs> no, dogs don't Fido, really understand. Fido. Yeah, that wouldn't really work either. Oh, <laughs> Fido, hey, get out of there. Nature, nurture. Hey, get out of there, Fido. Well, yeah, then you got the because we have a dog, too. You know, we have a King Charles Cavalier yeah. named Teddy. Now we got this yeah. kitty who I think is five and a half, six months old named Luna. So, you know. How we, are they getting? Are they getting along? Mostly, yeah. That's a, that's good. She goes after that bone and yeah. it's a nasty chase. Yeah. But see, she messes with him like I think cats do because cats, it's with dogs. I mean, there's a codependency piece there. There's a man's best friend. There's a loyalty thing. There's also a massive depression bit when the chief owner leaves. Yeah. And they ain't going to move. They ain't going to eat. They ain't going to drink. And then, you know, then you're going to get your leg humped when said master comes back. With cats, as they as they develop and as they mature, they bleep with the dog. So, like, she'll bleep with the dog because she knows he can't catch her. Right. And he can't jump as high as her. Right. She can get into spots in the house that he can't get to. Well, em- emphasis on the word spots. Yeah. Because after that litter box, yeah. you know, the, the, the cat's name is Luna. Coley found her whining and crying in a dumpster. At two and a half months of age. Well, that was very nice to take her in. So she comes home and she's crying. Yeah. Because she's worried that I'm going to be like, no, no, don't yeah. put her back in the dumpster, but let's take her pet smart or something like that. And so she, she's, she's crying a little bit, chin's trembling a little bit. And she comes and I found this in the dumpster and I want to keep her. It's a beautiful little cat with big blue eyes. I'm like, okay, well, let's, you know, let's take a peek at it. And then, like, what, what's in the ears? I mean, these little spots. Well, of course they were mites. Yeah, and, and then you know, well, now you got to get her vetted out, no shots, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And well, of course, she has ringworm. You know, of course, mm. of course, you know, we, you know, if you have the opportunity to find a breeder or whatever and go get a pristine kitty or whatever with all the shots and no mites, no ringworm, we could have done that yeah. if we had talked it out. Or we can pull one from a dumpster with mites and ringworm and. Like, I'm really going to say no to this. Yeah, but don't you feel good that you're changing this cat's life from horrible to good? And well, that's the value of the rescue, though. Because right. the rescue finds it in the dumpster, Boom. they help it out, right. yeah. and then you get to take somewhat pristine yeah. kitty yeah, so that's back a, to the house. That's how we got our oh, second so, I, one. so we did it wrong? We should have put it rescue, then we want it back? Uh, I don't think you did it wrong. You took the cat, okay. you took care of it, and now it's it's Luna. You okay. cut out the middle, man. With the stinky litter box uh, right. pissing off Teddy all well, day. Well, that, that, you know, <laughs> now we go back to, okay... The 18-year-old is not keeping up with this litter box, so now it's on me. That's cool. I'll do it once every two days or whatever, those big fat-ass piss balls. See, the thing is, this might be the most drop-heavy show. Of course, yes, but... That is pee, right? Yeah, you better hope it's... How the hell can those balls get so big? There's no... I mean... I'm not doing this purposely. the greatest quote. This is like the morning show now. Whatever. Yes. Hey, these are all valid but questions. See, here's what I thought of. Eleven because nineteen. Cat, because cats yeah. are fastidious. Cats are fastidious by nature. Yeah. So let me get this straight. You're yeah. walking around in your crap and your pee. Then you're sitting on a couch on which I sit, mm-hmm. licking your butt. Yeah. And now cats don't lick master uh, the ma- the 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 master the people in the house certainly like dogs. Yeah. 
But nevertheless, if, if there's a sneaky lick in there with the dog or a human or whatever, well, now the lick is coming from a species that is walking around in its own crap in in whatever the the material is yeah. in the litter box, the sand. Yeah. And then licking its butt. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that go into this equation. Yeah, it's not a here. great situation, but they're so cute that you just kind of, you know. Oh, it's but the it, so we got her at two and a half months of age. You know, we've had her three months now. The cats getting outside. If they get outside, I mean, it's just over. Yeah, right? it's game over. It's I mean, game over. First of all, they might just leave. Yeah. And, and I live by a busy street near Con, so I can see Luna jumping the fence, and here comes this black jeep killing my kitty. Well, that's nice. I'd run. Yeah. I'd, I'd try to avoid it. Yeah, I know you would. You'd swerve. Is that what you're saying? Oh, but I, I'll swerve. But I are could. there keys? I, I mean, don't want to hit animals. Are Are there keys to like? You know, I want the cat to be able to go outside. Yeah, it's not fenced in or anything. It, it's fenced in. Oh. But come on, these yeah, things the can jump can get, nine feet. Yeah, or they could squeeze yeah. through a fence. I mean, and 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 she has a collar. And you know, you like, could take it out on the leash. That'd be I've funny. Done. I've done it. Oh, I would pay to see that. Well, what I'm trying to do shoot is a video of that. Walk her in the backyard with the King Charles Cavalier. Yeah, mm. to whom she looks up. Right. So therefore, hey, there's Big Brother. Walk along like Big Brother. Yeah, look at how well he's doing. You, yeah, you copy that. So you want barn cat? She's uh, yes. But so you need acreage. Well, yeah, but with you and your Jeep next to that major road, I got no shot. She'll Wait, be but dead so, in three seconds. But so, do you envision in an ideal scenario? Uh, you want it to live outside. And come Not in occasionally. Out. Oh, well, that would be ner- that would be right. Because then you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. So Good I luck. mean, creative ways <laughs> to get cats outside, but not have them run into the street yeah. and get squished. That's tough. It's kind of my obsession. Right I think now. a leash situation. You're gonna have to like get a long mm-hmm. chain, like, and mm-hmm. so it can only go so far. Because otherwise, it'll mm-hmm. it'll it will break out of Alcatraz and start <laughs> swimming. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> They don't know. They're too. They yeah. don't realize what's going on. Yeah. You'll find somebody well, will report. What they about found an it. invisible fence? Oh, oh, to shock it. Oh, hey. I never had that with a well, dog. Well, what is it? Is it okay? Squirt gun. <laughs> little little tiny squirt. Yeah, gun. that's how you tell them they're doing something wrong. That's now, what we do. That's what I do too. Yeah. That's what I'm about to yeah. do. But we're cool with that, right? Yeah. It's, it's age of rage. I mean, if somebody sees wow. me shooting a cat with water, I'm gonna get slam dunked on for the next nine years. I mean, so I might, might get canceled. I mean, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the fraudulent freedom fighters are gonna come at me representing the kitty. I mean, you're not gonna. You know, I would never hit an animal, and I will say that cats do not respond to yelling. They don't. They seem to either no. like it or not care. Oh no, one bit. she responds to yelling, but she doesn't respond to no, right or Luna. They get. don't know. They don't know commands like a dog. Well, yeah, it it has to be. Hey, Fedor! What if? And then she's gone. I have an idea. The sneeze. Have Nordo pull that, and you just yeah. play it off your phone and see how they react to that. I that like, might scare yeah. them into. <laughs> That scared him straight. I like that Alcatraz piece because now I'm envisioning, wow, because I obsessively will look around the house for the cat, thinking the door was left open, and now all of a sudden it's lights out. So I think now I'm going to start looking in her litter box to see if there's like a mask of a false face that was in the bed at Alcatraz (laughs) when they sneaked out behind the toilet. (laughs) And then I'm going to know... The plan is. Have you gotten into some of Hunter S. Thompson's peyote on that? (laughs) Um, Alex Sides, Aaron Gleam, and the Twins Techie. Well, the answer would be immensely. For Twins (laughs) season commences Thursday, and uh, we get into that around the corner. We move on to the Minnesota Twins the way you move on from your townhome, your apartment, your house right now. I mean, this this is a trifecta of AAA movers convenience. I've used AAA movers twice. Uh, The Techie used said company once, Nordo used it once. 
And we've all been satisfied by the professionalism and everything that goes into working with AAA movers, including the declutter service. Uh, what, what we want you to do, if, uh, if you would be so kind, go to aaamovers.com. Learn about that triple guarantee. AAA Movers Price, Safety, and Satisfaction Guarantee with our decluttering service, storage, packing service, and junk hauling. By the way, mention KFAM. You'll get a free moving box kit, and you'll also save $50 on junk removal. 612-588-MOVE. 612-588-MOVE. Online, aaamovers.com. It's AAA Movers. You may not move every day, but... Free KFAN. I think there should be a. You guys got to put together like a greatest hits of drops, like, but like weird ones like that. Yeah. And have people try to guess what they are. Yeah. Animal related, our yeah. lives related. I'd like to begin with an old James Bond movie called Octo. Octo. What was that again, Nardo? Octo Pussy. Oh, that's right. The uh, movie. Yeah. Roger Moore, I think. Don't leave yeah. home without him. All right. Um, the techie at Aaron Gleeman via Twitter, athleticathletic.com. Damn it. I forgot to do this this morning. But I did your roster prediction. Did you nail it? No, we missed one guy. Oh, who'd you miss? The the garlic bit? Yeah, garlic bit. Oh, that come is. on, man. Yeah, 25 out of 26. And by the way, who is the garlic bit? How have I known you all my life and never heard that name? <laughs> As someone who loves garlic chicken, yeah. I like having him on the team. But yeah, we, we thought Brent Rooker would make the, the right. last spot. But it was Kyle Garlic, who's a uh, waiver claim Right-handed hitting outfielder got some power. Probably a platoon play against lefties in, okay. in left field to begin the season. Well, sports diversion central has arrived. NBA, NHL, MLB every uh, every hour of every day. The rest of our lives love that. I I just love the entire Randy Dobnak vibe. Yeah, I love the whole thing and. The the cliched throwaway Uber driver bit, the Yankee Stadium bit, was kind of unacceptable. Maybe it's all we had at that moment, right. whatever. But then now with this new contract, and I'm reading up more and stuff like that, and I it, it just it gives people hope. You can find your dreams out of nowhere doing anything. Yeah, and he said that like there was a you know he signs the five year extension, nine point two five million plus it can grow to like thirty something million if he. If they pick up his options, and he did a Zoom press conference yesterday. His dad was on the call answering questions, and he Aww. said exactly what you did, which is, "This shouldn't have happened to me. There was no reason this should happen to me. I was undrafted out of a Division two school. Yeah. I was playing indie ball. The Twins called me up just because they needed a random pitcher because a bunch of guys in single A were hurt. They signed me for five hundred bucks. I went in, and a year later, like you said, he's starting a playoff game at Yankee Stadium, and 
you know, he's a good story, but the the thing that the Twins realized along the way was he's actually more than that. Like, he's actually a legitimately good pitcher. Yeah. And this uh, spring he's been working on changing his slider to miss a few more bats, get a few more strikeouts, and it's a it's a very interesting contract. You don't see a lot of deals like this for players like him, certainly. There aren't a whole lot of comps for it, but it's a uh, it's an interesting bet for a guy that he's going to begin the year in the bullpen. He's sort of their sixth starter. Yep. But I suspect he will end up making you know, 15, 20 starts for them, and then next year he'll be slotted in as the fourth or fifth starter probably. All right, Techie, so how does he get people out? I mean, he's crafty, right? That's yes. his bit? I mean, he throws strikes. He doesn't walk anybody. He has a very heavy sinker, two-seam fastball that he throws that kind of dives down in the zone. Yeah. So when people do make contact, it's just ground balls, mm-hmm. which uh, Andrelton Simmons should help a lot at shortstop this year. And But he, what he's working on now is how do I keep getting ground balls but also generate some more missed swings, some some swings and misses, more strikeouts. And they think the, the key to that is changing his slider a little bit so it breaks a little bit sharper. And the results this spring have been great. Now, I'm not one who necessarily buys totally into spring training performances, but I think there's at least a sign that instead of being a guy who strikes out five or six per nine innings, he could be a guy who strikes out seven or eight per nine innings, and that can be the difference from you know a fifth starter kind of hanging on to a big league job between that and a third or fourth starter who can actually thrive. Now, when it comes to the American League Central and uh, odds... Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet, <laughs> and we'll go out back, I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. Yeah, my my article today was uh, gambling heavy. What? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's, I'm uh, athletic guy post 6 p.m., you know, with, with food tied to it, writing for the shows done. So then I got fantasy basketball, sinkhole speculating on TV, and the athletic. Yeah, well, it didn't get posted until you were, I think, on the air already today. So I don't blame you for not reading it yet. Okay. But it was going over the AL Central over-unders, Yeah, gambling odds to... Wrong team's favored to win the division. That's it. Yeah, I was surprised White by... White Sox are minus 115. Yeah. Uh, Twins are plus 145. Mm-hmm. Indians 9-1. to one. The, the, yeah. the, the This is not Pollyanna. The wrong team is favored to win the division. And that's exact. That's what I wrote about is the, the betting public has definitely bought into the White Sox yeah. slightly over the Twins. They're and not heavy favorites. And, and I'm sorry. As somebody who is racetrack trained and raised, when you see people betting on hope, you triple your bet. Yeah. I think, I mean, there's also the component of there's probably just more White Sox fans mm-hmm. than there are Twins fans because yep. Chicago's a much bigger place. When and we so, get that podcast going, that might be the first drop. <laughs> when you see people betting yeah. on hope, I triple my bet. That's good. Uh, but the thing I wrote about today was all the projection systems, which are not going on hope. They're not going yeah, on narratives. They're not going on. They're just hardcore numbers. Pakoda, though. Pakoda, Zips, which is your other favorite from Fangraphs. Yeah, swag. They both have swank. the tw- They both have the Twins favored. And so that's what I well, wrote about do. today. Yes. Well, that doesn't matter. Oh, no, that does matter because it's, yeah, right. I was going to be like, that's that just the matter. hardcore numbers, yeah. the hardcore stats, no narratives. Yeah. So that's what I wrote about today. Why is it Love that it. the betting public yeah, it's hope. thinks the White Sox are slight favorites, well, but the steam. projections think that the Twins are favorites? Yeah, it's steam, and I don't know where they opened. But now, clearly, the 702 ZA online or whatever, yeah. they're looking to, they don't want to get beat. So they're going to move it to something so they can even it out. But there's no vig here. There are no vi- there's no juice on bets like this. So there's been an influx of shy Sox money, like a first-time starter at the racetrack. <laughs> there's a buzz around the track. This horse has been working a hole in the wind. First-time start, we're just going to go ahead and make it favorite. Cool. 
I'd like to triple my bet on the horse who has run yeah. with Nelson Cruz and Kenta Maeda. And that's what I said. Is, See what I'm saying? Dude, I might drive down there today at 15 and quadruple my bet. I said they've won it back-to-back. There has to be some credit given to the fact that you still have to beat them. Correct. And here's the – so I'm curious what you think about this. So in terms of over-under mm-hmm. win totals, White Sox, 90.5. Yeah. Twins, 88.5. I Yeah, that's, that's uh, cliched out of my lane. I'm okay. not – I mean, I don't like people ask me into NFL seasons because they bet over unders on on season wins. Yeah. I'm terrible at it. I just because it it and with baseball it's even tougher because it's longer. Yeah, and and if you lose Donaldson for two and a half months, the under whatever they may win the division with 89 wins. Right. But great, I was right and won the division. I scooped the plus one four five. But I just lost half that on some stupid over bet of 92 and a half when my, my best hitter got hurt. Well, or you have a situation a lot of times in baseball, which is not the case in other sports, where if you're up five games with a week to play, <laughs> yeah. you just rest your starters. Wow. You may not hit that over because yeah. you're not necessarily putting out the best team to win games. Are we capable of watching Josh Donaldson mash while not worrying about his calf popping with every step he takes? No, I mean, you're gonna, that's going to loom over everything. I mean, he's been good this spring. He looks good. He feels healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's saying all the right things about that. But that's going to be every day of this season. The focus as soon, you know, at the ballpark, away from the ballpark, he's got to figure out, you know, did I do my stretching? Did I do my full routine? Did yeah. I do everything I need to do? So like you said, it's not one swing or one, you know, he's rounding second base in some random third inning of a game, and it, all of a sudden, up, oh, I'm out two months. Because we saw it takes a long time to come back from that injury. Uh, he's, I think he's 35 now, or he's going to be 35 very soon. And so yeah. that's, I think, one of the biggest focuses for them all season is how do we figure out the right pregame routine and between game routine for this guy so that he's making it as difficult as possible to miss time because it's, but it's always going to loom. I mean, that's going to be this year, next year, every year is he's had so many calf problems that no matter how well he's playing and how healthy he's been in the back of everyone's mind, it's we got to keep it, keep that injury away. Sixth season for Jose Barrios. Yeah. Earned run average hit four last season. What do you expect from, uh, from La Maquina? He's a very interesting player because I feel like this whole time he's made two all-star teams. He's generally been a good, I would say number two starter, but everyone, every season people go, was this year he becomes an ace? Is this year he becomes an ace? And, I think he does have the raw stuff for it, just in terms of good breaking ball, mid nineties velocity, all that. But like you said, he's five and a half, six years deep into this thing, yep. and he, he's not for more than a couple months at a time really been an ace. And so I wonder why it is with some players where people just always expect more, whereas with some other players, five, six years into their career, you just go, all right, that's who he is. And no one ever seems to be willing to just go, all right, Barrios is as good as he's going to be. Uh, and maybe it's a credit just to the upside that people still see in him. But, I mean, we saw last year Maeda took over the role as number one starter. Yeah. Uh, he was a lot better. And I, we knew he was, he was good. He was unbelievable. Runner up for the Cy Young. But there might be a caveat here, Techie. It's, is, I mean, he's gone against the NL. And yes. it's not like he was bad when he wore the Dodger blue. But, I mean, he went against so many players and teams last year that never have seen him yeah. that I would hope he would dominate that, you know? Yes, and it was mostly AL Central, so you got to place a lot of Tigers, a lot of Royals. Oh, my. Uh, I mean, I'm not expecting him to run her up for the Cy Young again, but I think as a as a solid number 1 starter, the key there is not only is he good and valuable, but he pushes Barrios into that second role, mm-hmm. which I think is a much better fit for what he's shown. Uh, we, have, um, we have a pronunciation piece to uh, share with the techie, and um, also... 
uh, some Timberwolves and or NBA in the final segment up to the patented or wrap on the show. Paul Allen and the fan. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Because tomorrow might very well be too late. I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Because tomorrow could never come. But I pray them all comes But it could be too late Oh, yes My beloved techie Cold call um, Did a cold call with Morse yesterday Proper way to say it Alexander Colome Yes There were those who had said Colome There's a little terrorism Colome, yeah, Colome So, so Colome was, was easy to get to Dustin Morse, Mr. Communications for our favorite mm-hmm. baseball team. The czar. He said, I want to give you, he just said, here's the sneaky inside. Nope. Uh, Alex or Alec? Alex. Yeah. Nobody calls him Alex. Everybody and, calls him Alexander. Alexander. Oh, I didn't know that. He calls him, that's all he wants to be called is Alexander. Yeah. I've been calling him Alex for 10 years. So has everybody. Yeah. I mean, at least when I heard of him like yeah. three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm playing with you. <laughs> um, no, Alexander Colome. So yeah. Got okay. A little, got a little steam for you all there. Right, Alexander. Um, so when closing, Alexander Colome, is he a sweat box like, like a Don Stanhouse where a pack of cigarettes is required to watch half an inning? You're saying, is he going to make people just ner- uh, yeah. edge of their seat, yeah. biting their nails? Now, Earl Weaver wants to yeah. hit the unfiltered lucky strikes 10 times. I would say he's not, he's not quite uh, Eddie Guardado territory for that in terms of making every save interesting. But he's not a guy who's going to strike out the side a whole lot. He's a okay. guy who's going to get ground balls. All right on. Uh, limit homers. Yeah. So now we got Dobnak who can't strike anybody out, but he's a great story to Colome yeah. who can't strike. Hey, how much can I get on those White Sox at minus one fifteen? That's right. It's looking better and better. The betting public might know. Man, uh, but they're they're working with him to get more strikeouts too. That's the Twins. Mm-hmm. The, their pitching coach Wes Johnson yeah. and all of their uh, R and D analytics guys. They take guys who maybe haven't had a ton of strikeouts, and they're confident, like we saw with, let's say, Tyler Duffy the past couple of years, they can tweak their slider or their curveball or their changeup. Yep. We saw it with Maeda, actually. That's a big part of Maeda's breakout last year. Let's just tweak this a little bit. Let's have you throw this differently. Let's have you throw it in different counts. Yeah. And and Wes Johnson is sort of the mad scientist there, their pitching coach, who thinks that he can get higher velocity from a lot of guys and more strikeouts from a lot of guys. Absolutely. Aaron Gleeman at Aaron Gleeman, the athletic subscribe. Uh, yours truly does. Three bucks and change a month. Got in too early because now it's a dollar a month for six months. That's right. The crowd loving it. Um, uh, Theathletic.com to learn more about saving that money on the uh, subscription. Uh, last night, uh, Wolves and, and Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Not watching full Wolves games, uh, but just you know, a lot on last night. Uh, NCAA tournament, the women's game, Baylor and UConn was unbelievable. Yeah, I watched into that. And you got some baseball previews on uh, MLB Network. Man, it was really good last night for Sinkhole speculating. I really loved J- uh, Jaden McDaniel's game last night. The, the Timberwolves lost as usual. But I love when the kids play their best against the yes. best. They put up a fight, a legit fight, in a spot where they could yeah. have easily lost by 40. Well, what, specifically with, with James Harden and Kyrie Irving, it's Jaden McDaniels had four blocks last night versus Brooklyn. He blocked Harden three times. Yeah. 
I mean, that's that's living that, that's living right there. And he's averaging like one and a half blocks a game. I think only playing like twenty minutes. I mean, he's just nobody blocks the beard three times in a game. Yeah, he's so long that he gets these blocks just from behind, where he that? just kind of swipes at the shot. Yes. I mean, obviously he has some room to go in terms of being a, a impact guy offensively, mm-hmm. but he can hit open jumpers, which on this team is is a rare thing. He can yep. hit corner threes. He's Weighs like 80 pounds, but yet he's not terrible playing the four. Hey, he's confident. Yes. He's a and, confident kid. I mean, that's a gr- for a late first-round pick. Agreed. And a guy who had a bad freshman year in college and had a lot of scouting reports that were saying he's kind of might be a bust Whoa. potential, that's a great, Whoa. you know, jury's still out on the number one overall pick maybe. Not for me. But the, it's not. whatever McDaniels was, 28th <laughs> overall, Yeah, and, that's and a great pick. Edwards, Ed, uh, why the Anthony Edwards cliche jury out or not out? For me, it's not out. And I don't care if LaMelo Ball is hurt, triple-double, whatever. I saw a new step last night. Edwards, yeah. he Fourth ca- quarter last night. How about was, that? Yeah. He caught fire late, man. I mean, if you're box score chasing, he's 9 of 22. Or if you've got um, some some TV subscribing bit and you can't watch the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's 9 of 22, 0 of 7 from 3, 23 points, I think 10 rebounds. I adore him. And... His tenacity. Right. Some and, of those rebounds late. How about that? Put back. He stole the ball from uh, whoever that was right around midcourt. You see that little crossover dribble to the left of the basket where he got to the yeah. basket and then looked over at somebody. It wasn't the Jordan hands up, but yeah. it, it was a smile like, <laughs> like come on, like, like Bruce Brown was going to stop me. Come on, man. And there was a quote from Finch after the game who basically said, when he decides I'm going to get to the basket, Nobody can stop him. Love that. And that's what, the, I mean, he needs to improve as a shooter. But Ball handling for a guy with that body, yes. you can't teach it. Right. With the, I guess you can, because he can, he's good at he, it. He can get by people, and then once he has a step on you, he's just way too strong and way too powerful once he gets to the lane, and he's just trying to posterize people. But also, like, mm-hmm. the fact that he's getting 10 rebounds. Love it. Because early on, when he was coming off the bench, he was getting one or two rebounds yeah. a game, one or two assists a game. Now he's starting to contribute. The only, I mean... The only reason I say the jury's still out is, one, I think LaMelo's going to be really good. But, two, he just can't shoot yet. Yeah. I mean, he was, what, what did you say, 0 for 7 or whatever last night? But when you're going to get Jalen Suggs or Cade Cunningham, <laughs> you didn't need LaMelo Ball. Yeah, but they're over 50% to lose the pick. Well, how? Well, they, they only keep it if it's top three. Oh. And they if it's fourth, they lose it. If it's fifth, they lose it. Okay. It's protected top three. I understand, but so the odds what's are, our record? Yeah, they're the worst. But it, you can drop down to fifth. Oh, that's right. Everybody has the same amount right. of bits, right? Right. So they're over fifty percent to lose it. Okay. That's going to be that'll be a tough night if that okay, happens. Right. But if they pick fourth and guess lose what? If next level Pobo is doing things like president of basketball operations, yeah. if next level Pobo is doing things like I'm getting Edwards here for my big bodied uh, wing who yeah. can dribble because I know I'm getting the Gonzaga or Oklahoma right. State kid the next year. <laughs> I mean, that is next-level work right there. Yes, then you have something, I yeah. think. Uh, if Big they can time. hang on to the, I mean, I think, honestly, you get one of the top three picks, you're good to go because there's two point guards. I thought that guy Mobley from USC looked pretty good, too, yeah. uh, and there's some guys in the G League who look good, too. Oh, this Cunningham guy, man. Yeah, I would yeah. drive to get him. Hey, seriously, uh, great seeing you. It was uh, great to see you. Appreciate dude. you coming by, man. I just love our uh, love our segments together. Have a wonderful day, okay? See you, yeah. Aaron Gleeman uh, from The Athletic. He is the Twins Techie, and I'm Paul Allen. Thank you for listening to the radio show today. 651 Carpet Studio, the destination for yours, yours truly, and mad producer who puts his patented rap on the show. <laughs> Not a noon raps brought to you courtesy of Metropolitan Ford, your truck superstore.
And 9 to noon, man, it's just the bee's knees. Gleeman showed up early for an extra side squeeze. PA's college mantra was C's get degrees. Check cash for quick trip, then cue the double sneeze. It can really change you if you didn't know. Make an eye contact with a man that knowing his nose blows. Peek into his soul, it was an astonishing sight. I got my nookie blankie, I'll have nightmares tonight. And hey, little kitty dumpster diving in a back alley. You're less diseased than this whole thing with Bally. Smart, sustainable solutions, the slogan of Pentair. Whatever the opposite of that is would describe Sinclair. Got an hour of opinions out of CC. Get these raps courtesy of Metro Ford and EB. Sometimes I'm across a Sasquatch and ET. And PA's proof you can live happily with VD. Today's Paul Allen Show. Or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFH.